I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Welcome to Supercoach Edge for the Round 20 Review and Round 21 Preview. Well, lessons were learnt on the weekend. It was a much-needed English lesson, lesson, you could say, for those owners with the big dog, proving he is virtually a perma-vice-captain option nearly every single week as he once again punched out a sizable score to the tune of 163, giving a five-round average of 145.4. Absolute insanity. And I think I myself have learnt my lesson after opting to switch the VC to Dykes on the weekend. Just lessons learned again. Just never be cute, Liam. Never be cute. Mm, never be cute. <sighs> yeah. Another lesson as well. My boy. My boy. Mm. Proved the yeah, dad is wrong yet again. Bounced back. I mean, it's just like a, a rubber ball that just always bounces back. Like a yo-yo. The old golden. Yeah, like a yo-yo, probably better analogy, a yo-yo <laughs> rather than a bouncy ball. Um, but no, no, he's no, no, what? No, I'm going to go with bouncy ball because bouncy balls bounce high. A yo-yo That's just true. comes back to where it was. That's very true, Liam. I like that really analogy. Going to just point that out. Uh, but yeah, anyway, he, he did our score. <laughs> score 152, very nice. We did also remind everyone on last week's episode that there was a fair chance of this happening given that he has bounced back after low scoring games twice already this season. Mm. It is it is the bounce, isn't it? You're quite mm. right. And he bounced quite high. And every single time he bounces, it's like you just throw the ball into the ground even harder and it just bounces yeah. even higher. It reminds me of like back in primary school. Yeah. yeah. But uh, the other lesson was more of an alignment really in how annoying the coach from mm. St Kilda, Ross Lyon, aptly named Ross Lyon, is as an AFL coach. All season, Ross has not once adjusted his zone or forward defensive press, nor his method of entry inside 50 all season, allowing opposition defenders to clean up. And now, 
20 rounds in, Liam, he decides to make an adjustment. The week that we put the C on Sicily because he scored 172 last time he played them. Like trying to work out the mind of an AFL coach of his caliber is a labyrinth, really. Like yeah. I reckon now he's up there with the likes of Chris Scott and Leon Cameron now. Like fairly. That's wow. high. I was going to say, so what's the opposite of high praise? That's uh, low praise. Low expectations. <laughs> low, <laughs> low praise, yeah. We'll go with that. That's really low praise. Low, what's the opposite of praise? Uh, I don't know, low like disdain. insult. Yeah, like an insult. A high insult. High insult. <laughs> but uh, anyway, must say, but uh, with the finish line for Supercoach in 2023, Insight, with a month remaining, this episode marks the first of more to come where we'll be featuring a special guest slam. And yes. we kick things off this week with one of our good friends in Joe from Center Bounce joining us. So looking forward to chatting to him later in the episode to pick his brain about not only insights from this coming round, but also projecting forward to Supercoach in 2024 and what presents us on the horizon in the future of Supercoach. Yes, and we are looking forward to catching up with Joe. But of course, if you're not following us on socials, what are you doing? Uh, that's where we post the latest news, post-match Supercoach scores, and even the odd meme or two. And you can do so, as you can follow us, via these channels, Twitter, at Supercoach underscore Edge. Uh, Damon, at DamoJ88, myself at at Liam Evans underscore 95. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, search Supercoach Edge, and you'll find us there. Did I say our Twitter one right? It sounded wrong, at Supercoach underscore Edge. Yeah, that was right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think you're just doubting yourself. Okay. I think it's I think it's a case of Supercoach taking its toll on all of us, Liam. We're now doubting ourselves, doubting captaincy selections, all that sort of stuff. Also, it's not Twitter; it's just X now. Oh, yeah, very true. People will be going like, "Where's what's Twitter? What's Twitter?" Twitter Speaking what's of which, we shouldn't delve into this in the discussion about uh, our good friend Elon because he's going to have his banned, of course. Uh, <sighs> just try it, mate. But uh, I I did notice that uh, my phone finally updated to X. Yeah, it so took ages. Mine. mine was glitching between it kept showing the Twitter app icon when I went out of it and it like slowly glitched to X. And then I jumped into it recently and it changed over permanently to X. I had so. X, but I think it's still is it still doing it? I noticed it was X. I'm an Android user. Um, oh yes. But it was it's so it's got X, but then Twitter underneath it as the name of the Oh app. really? So it's not like X and then X, it's just Twitter. So, like, what are you doing? Seriously. Make up your soft, mind. Soft launch. That's what it is. The soft launch. It's the <laughs> launch, but anyway. <laughs> anyway, before we uh, we get dragged, let's jump straight into it by kicking things off with our usual recap in the good, the bad, and the ugly. I thought you were pausing for effect and to say the good, the bad, and the Elon Musk. I was going to say it, but then I thought, <laughs> no, we actually might, we might, we might cop it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> for those new to the show, in the good, the bad, and the ugly, we roll through some of the more notable and the more forgettable performances, performances across the round and touch on how our own teams performed in our head-to-head rivalry as we wrestle. And I think this is the way we can call it for the ultimate supremacy. <laughs> We can call it officially. Yeah. Oh, we can call it. I thought you meant like we yeah. can officially title it the ultimate supremacy. Oh, no, no, no. We can actually call it. Like, I call it. Know. I call a winner. Who yeah. has, yeah, who has the ultimate supremacy? I think, <laughs> I think now's the time. 
Yeah, now is the time, even though the time was probably weeks back. But uh, yeah. just uh, just wanted to leave the door ajar, like uh, Hodor was just holding it open for you, Liam. But mm. I think he's now, uh, his arm's got too sore and he's shut it. Uh, but let's uh, kick it off with the good, of course. And it is that man who we spoke of in the intro, Timmy English. And in a week where many of the popular, popular captaincy options faltered, namely Dacos, of course, and the Bont, English continued flying the flag with another big, big score that we highlighted, of course, um, earlier. So just absolutely insane. Uh, as an owner of him, I'm actually quite mm. thankful, uh, having just spoken about Hodor, I'm thankful that he went down with an injury because otherwise he wouldn't be in my side, English. So uh, a bit of a silver lining there. Yes, yes, I, I don't have him, so it does hurt. Um, <laughs> moving on to the bad. And you know what? I don't, I don't know. I'd almost put him into ugly, this guy. Oh, yeah, okay. So, yep, yeah, that's been, true. You've been here. Bad. I have been Callum Mills. Now, Horse just isn't doing Mills' owners any favours at all, and he's, he's at risk of joining the Leon Cameron, uh, Chris Scott, and now Ross Lyon camp. Um, yep. Because he's, he's just absolutely marooning Mills in defence nearly all game, granting yeah. him only... 12% CBAs, which was another head-scratcher of a move, given Mills is one of the C, uh, one of the Swans' classier ball movers. But perhaps we can blame Warner for taking his spot. Mm. Yeah, his CBAs have dropped, unfortunately, coinciding with the return of Warner. And we kind of flagged it uh, before everyone jumped on mm. Mills, but that was the risk that we took. And uh, we're hopeful that um, some good performances in the middle might have saved Mills, but um, the horse... No. He, uh, he's in his high horse and he's telling Mills, get down into defense, mate, buddy. What are you doing? Um, but yeah, oh, well, is what it is. But yeah, I, you, I must admit, Liam, I was probably a little bit, because it was his first time. And there's a reason why this guy who's in the ugly currently is there because he's done his dash. He was in the bad last week and he's a primo, a genuine uber primo. And we expect better. And it is Tim Taranto. Mm. So after finding himself in the bad category last week, Taranto has slid into the ugly category after eking out a score of just 75. And we thought the 91, the round prior, was bad enough. So 54% disposal efficiency is the main culprit, of course, as it is most weeks with, with him. And it just isn't going to cut the mustard, no matter how many disposals you get. And uh, yeah, it's that common theme with Timmy, really. And the only saving grace, thankfully, is is virtually the fact that um, the entire Supercoach community also own him so um could be worse but uh yeah he impacts everyone so yeah is what it is mm. but uh we would like some better scores anyway better scores come on come on timmy yes i agree i agree come on timmy come on <laughs> timmy come on timmy i'm surprised actually just speaking of timmy that no one calls him taz because you know chris tarrant used to play for the pies and frio back yeah. in the day tarrant he was Taz. Yeah. No one calls Taranto Taz for short. He's the bull. Is it his nickname, the bull? I think so. Yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> let's delve into into how our uh, weeks unfolded in round. Yeah, how'd you go? So after scoring nearly a record-breaking score in mm. my history of playing Supercoach last week, of course, as you would have heard, I was dished up a serving of the usual crap. So I've kind of uh, just, just went... I haven't crash landed just yet, so hopefully it doesn't continue and I can arrest the fall. But uh, I ended up having a score of just 2,520, which saw my ranking slide 219 spots to now have me seated ranked 711th overall. 711. 
And I can only blame myself after being too cute, as I mentioned earlier, with my VC choice, bypassing English, who I was keen on yet again for Dacos, and mm. opted for him due to the fact that he was highly VC'd by those ranked in the top 1K. If you go to Sipcage Plus, you can see those in the top 1% as to um, who the most popular VCNC options are. So I virtually hedged my bets in case Dacos went large. And the main reason being was I had my heart set on a pod captaincy choice in the form of Sicily, who was facing St. Kilda and scored 172 points against earlier in the year. And with the fact that the Saints, as we jumped on about last week, being a side that concedes the most points to opposition defenders. But of course, as we highlighted, I didn't count on Ross the Toss, not Ross the Boss, being an absolute tosser and adjusting his forward setup to combat the effectiveness of Sicily's intercept marking. But... I am counting my blessings that blessings that the other mm. popular captaincy choice in Bont scored one less point than Sisdog. So it could have been much, much worse. Uh, silver linings, again, silver linings. You've got to look at that. Otherwise, you're going insane when it comes to Supercoach. Uh, in terms of other low lights, they included Mills' 50, Hewitt's 58, Taranto 75, and Lockie Neal busting out just 87. He got tagged by Tookie Miller. And, um, yeah, it was up to some mischief, Took Miller, apparently. Um, Grabbing uh, dicks and all that sort of stuff, apparently, according to um, Zorko. Can you, Do we can trust Zorko, though? Yeah. Can he be trusted? Yeah, can he be trusted? No. Yeah. Wouldn't put it past him doing that sort of stuff. Eye gouging. Yeah. yeah. But uh, hopefully I can work my way back into the top 500, but more so win the finals for all of my main leagues, all of which I was thankful to have qualified for finals in. As always, you can check out a full analysis of my team's performance and strategy on the run home in this week's edition of Team Talk. That's now live on YouTube for anyone that is keen. Liam, how did you go on the weekend? Yeah, not not not, not as well. Not as well as I would have liked. Well. Um, scored 2,443, which did see me fall down the rankings, 1,382 spots to sit 8,851st overall. Um but I guess, I don't know, I used my last trade. I did use my last trade. Um, and I think I tried to probably play it too cute as well, mm-hmm. I guess. And it was something that we spoke about last week that I hadn't really considered, and it was trading Wardlaw across to Hewitt, thinking, oh, that'll be great. Obviously, yeah. it hasn't worked out this week. Hewitt's growing 58. Um, while Walsh sits on my bench, um, I probably should have traded, or I probably could have traded Walsh um, up to much anyone else um ldu would probably be my main target um and or even dockety and uh probably would have made some more points and actually done something good this week and i probably should have also vc'd golden like i like i suggested mm. anyway looking mm. at my side who was so I had Dacos 82, uh Neil 87, Mills 50, Hewitt 58, Timmy Taranto 75, Taz, as we like to call him, and Hobbs 83. Um, those are the only scores under a hundred. So all the rest were a hundred plus. So it wasn't like a terrible week, it just wasn't a great one. Sicily 102 is my captain, though, was probably the biggest issue um for the round. I reckon had I had I yeah gone for it. I mean, but looking at that, I mean, merit maybe. I don't quite mm. think I would have done it. I probably should have put the C 
the VC. I had the VC on Bonch, probably could have put it on on Libba or Goulden, as I said. Um, but, yeah, I was kind of confident in Sicily and bloody Ross. Mm. Yeah. Bloody Ross. It was, it was annoying, wasn't it, because like my hands were tied initially. I wanted to go similar as well and maybe go like a Sicily, a VC, just in case that happened where, you know, I guess the, a lot of people were putting the C on him. Like if it was the case where I had a, a late donut non-playing player that I kind of could have used to then loop on um, a lock-in Sicily's VC score as a captain, I would have done that. But I, I just didn't have that luxury. Otherwise, I would have been happy enough to roll the dice and put the C on Petrarca, who was really the only other primo that I had playing in the late games after Sicily. So, yeah, kind of, yeah, I was the same thing. I had to lock myself into, uh, yeah, Sicily. Um, would have been a nice little leg up because, yeah, those people that – I think he was the third most captain player in the top 1% as well. So, yeah, um, yeah he was still up there considering he is, you know, a relative pod in comparison to other – Primo defenders, but yeah, is what it is. Lessons learned. That's just goes back to lessons learned. Should have lessons locked learned. in. Just follow the gut. I should have gone for English like I did uh, last week on last week's episode. I locked him into my my captaincy choice and didn't do it for my actual team. And um, as you mentioned, like yeah, maybe Golden, maybe a Libba. Um, listen to your heart. That's what they say. That's what I'm gonna do for the rest of the season. Just yep. straight up say on Golden every week. Yep. Just do it. If that's what your heart's it's telling you, heart. you just you gotta you gotta follow uh, follow your heart. End of the day. <laughs> but uh, let's round it out by just uh, delving into this uh, the ultimate supremacy side of things, Liam. And it is our head to head. So I notched up another win and extended the lead to one thousand one hundred fifty-seven. So in four digits now. So I think that's time enough to uh, to wave the white flag and or the checkered flag rather, and um, call it a call it a year, call it a season. Um, yeah, I know it's up to you. Do you reckon the ultimate supremacy thing has been decided, or is it still open? <laughs> I think it's been. De- I think it, I think it already <laughs> been decided. I've been saying for weeks that it's been decided. You have, you have. Um, I've been leaving the because door jar. It was open to you. It was open to you. <laughs> um, I don't have much to say. Three wins. Yep. It's not great. It's not yeah, great. Th- three wins to seventeen. Next week. Was, next uh, week. Next year. It's gonna be. I don't know. We're gonna we're gonna hit the preseason hard. Um, yep. We're gonna really take, take a, a good hard look at ourselves. Yeah, one week um, at a time, all that sort of stuff. Take it one week at a time. Yep. Uh, you know, just disappointing effort from the boys. Uh, we're creating <laughs> just as, as the supporters. Yep. Um, uh, I should I should compare. It. I should go back. Maybe one for next week because I haven't prepared it. But just comparing it with uh, this time last year as to what our head-to-heads were. I can't recall. I think it might have been you were ahead and I came back, was it? Or was the, it our captaincy? Last year. Oh, no, no, I think I, no, I Last year, I think you got ahead because I had all those injuries. Yeah, that's I right. I think it yeah. was the year before I got ahead and then you came back. Yeah. 2021. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we're at the mercy of the super coach gods, especially now without trades, Liam. Without trades, it's probably that time, isn't it, to talk See, about? I just, <laughs> I just don't don't feel it anymore because uh, I've always been at the mercy of Supercoach gods. <laughs> that's, that's very true. You you've got uh, you just uh, not immune to it, but like, uh, oh, yeah. no feeling. What do you, what do you, you just... mean you're immune? What do you mean you've got to now feel it? Aren't you always feeling it? 
Oh, they uh, they have spared you a little bit, but we'll call haven't, I haven't been hurt that bad this year, I have to admit. Yeah, hasn't been. It's kind of maybe on par with with other coaches. Maybe there might mm. be an extra player, two, three, maybe, where we've copped an extra suspension or whatnot. But we'll, we'll go through that, um, analyze both of our um, seasons in review, I guess you could call it, in uh, the last couple of episodes of the season. Um, but yeah, interesting times, interesting times. But anyway, Liam, is it time to delve in to all things trades? Let's do it. Let's, let's, let's talk trades. And if any of us do have any trades left, um, just send them my way, please. Uh, but it is slightly <laughs> different take. I'm going to do something different here. Been the price is right with a, it's going to be a bit, bit, bit of a rebrand going on. Mm. going to do a bit of an Elon Musk with Twitter. <laughs> Wait, are we calling it X? Uh, no, we're calling it Y. <laughs> <laughs> you might sue us for... Um... <laughs> And we're gonna get a really big. I don't know if you've seen the 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 big light that he I have on Twitter, the the light up X on Twitter HQ. Oh no! Oh my god! I think I think it's now been removed. He put this giant X on the roof, and it like faces towards um an apartment block, and this light was like gonna give someone seizure. Like it was like Morse code like style. Oh, it's flashing, flashing, and it was like real bright. Um, just so many, and if he like removed the old logo, sorry, I'm just going to delve into a bit of Elon hate here. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and then he removed the old symbol, like the old logo from the thing. And then apparently could only remove half of it because he didn't get like approval to do it from like the guy, oh. like, I don't know, from like the council of course. or something. He's Elon. He can do what he wants. Yeah, like, seriously. Anyway. It, it re- reminds me so much of, uh, I don't know if you've seen the episode of Seinfeld, but, uh, when Kramer becomes obsessed with Kenny Rogers roasters, like chicken roasters across the road. And they put like a massive, like red neon sign and it's right outside of his apartment. And it like flashes in, it beams into his, into his apartment. And it's just like glowing red. What's going on in there? What? That light. Oh, the red. Yeah. It's a chicken roaster sign. It's right across from my window. Can't you shut the shades? They are shut. And Jerry's like, you got to tell him, you got to tell him to turn it off. But he's obsessed <laughs> with the chicken. So he doesn't want to yeah. like get them shut down. And then they end up getting shut down. And in the like, he's, he's seen, he's seen like in the closing moments of the episode, like enjoying, he's like chowing down on like the chicken. And then all of a sudden the, the light goes out. It's like, doom and powers down. And it's like, he's in pitch black and he's like, <laughs> and like they're being shut down. And he just roasts. <laughs> It's life imitating art, imitating life. <laughs> or is it art imitating life, imitating art? Who knows? Anyway, anyway. Yep, it, is a, it is a new, <laughs> it is our new segment, of course. Uh, well, it's a rebranding. This is how we do it. It's Friday night. I feel all right. But no, I'm the big G. The girls see I've got the money. $100 bills, y'all. If you Talking dollars and money. cents. Bit of a play on words there. So it's cents and cents. You know, dollar dollar oh, bills, yo. Yes. Yo. yes. Yep. <laughs> got none. Well, none of <laughs> At this stage of the season, we've got we've got neither as well. Yeah, We're running a bit dry. That's part of the reason why we got Joe on for this episode to to pep us up, uh, refill the stocks, as it were. So for those mm. tuning in for the first time, this is the time where we would normally talk uh, about all things, you know, I guess best potential trades and trade targets from week to week. However. I think we're at a stage now where talking 
about all things trade serves more as just teasing those of us already out of trades, especially those of us that have trade addictions and start twitching at the mere mention of the word trade. <laughs> just twitching. Uh, don't know what that's from. Uh, of those with trades left, believe it or not, of those in the top 1K, 37% of coaches have zero trades. 38% have one trade remaining. 19% have two. And 6%, 6 of sickos, I'm going to call them, have three to four left. Who are you people? What are you doing? Again, donations accepted. Yeah, exactly. Please send them our way. <laughs> there is was actually someone on um, Twitter that um, uh, slid into my DMs and was asking about uh, – actually, it might have been uh, – how was that? <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? <laughs> I said for, you know, feet pie picks. Oh, yeah. The, the, oh, the feet pie picks. Yes, forgot about those. Yeah. Um, no, they'll, for those people tuning in requesting them, they'll be in your inbox shortly. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, there was someone that uh, slid into my DMs and was asking about, um, I think they had three trades remaining. Oh, no, it was actually, sorry. I think it was someone on the... YouTube video on uh, the team talk in the comment section. They said they had three trades remaining with get wow. these two boosts. So credit to you for having the, that's um, amazing. What's the word abstinence to um, abstain. I don't from... think going to be able to use one of those boosts. Yeah, exactly right. So oh, I don't know. I don't know, but that's what we're here. We're here to coach them, Liam, coach them through uh, the use of boosts. No, no, and that's something sad. we'll probably discuss. Um, later on when we're talking about strategy and whatnot, uh, potentially with Joe later in the episode. But uh, I guess with this in mind, considering the fact that the majority of people no longer have any trades, uh, from here on out, I think we'll be condensing this segment by pinpointing one player in each position yeah. of defense, midfield, ruck and forward that might serve as luxury trade-ins, especially for those that are looking for the edge to win a crucial league final. Um, so, of course, probably comes down to as well, if you've got trades up your sleeve and you're in a prelim, you obviously have the double chance. Or if you're outside the top four or, you know, in the, I guess, the, the range, depending on the size of your league, of whether or not you have one bite at the cherry as opposed to two, um, that'll probably dictate as to whether or not you want to use that trade. So, however, Liam, before we delve into uh, chatting about all things trades, it is time mm. now to usher in our special guest for this week and he's a fellow Bombers Nuffy. Just yes. like you, Liam. And he's one, uh, one, oh, oh, one half, one half of our friends over at the Centre Bounce. And it's Big Joe, Little Joe, Medium Joe. There's Big J, but we'll call him, we'll call him Joe. We'll call him, you know what? In fact, we'll call him, Hello, Joe! <laughs> From now on, the baby sleeps in the crib. Iron helps us play. <laughs> Hello, Joe! From now on. <laughs> What are you doing? Wake up! You're gonna go to school tomorrow. <laughs> Sorry, I tried to put out a Marge voice, but uh, I thought I'm not the best impersonation. So I hope that, I hope I didn't butcher it for you guys. No, no, you did. You did very, that was very brilliant. well. That that was absolutely on on par with uh, the sort of lunacy that we uh, <laughs> like to sprinkle into each and every episode from week to week. So you're at home. You're at home. You're one of us here, Joe. So thank you so much for joining us, mate. Really appreciate. It. No, I really appreciate you guys having me on. Really excited to talk, uh, to reminisce, talk a bit about this season, um, some some really good players to hopefully bring in. For anybody who has a spare trade, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what that is. What 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 is a spare trade? I don't even know what a trade is anymore, yeah. let alone what a spare trade is at this point. 
of the season. We we just mentioned uh, as a bit of a prelude that any discussion around trades at the moment. So we like we've re rigged the the upcoming um, trade segment, which we'll have you involved in, of course. Uh, but it's purely based upon the fact that every time we mention trades, yeah. it just gives us a bit of a twitch because we're like we which just <laughs> we need a hit, need a quick hit. And it's it's yeah. not uh, it's really more torturous than anything. So and we are asking for donations of trades from those that do have. Apparently, there's people with like three trades left. Like seriously, what are you doing with oh, that? Unreal. Yeah. I've got a hundred. I've got over a hundred grand in the bank. I'd be very happy yeah. to pay someone oh. fifty of it just to give me a trade. Just one sneaky little trade would would certainly mean the yeah. world to me at this point in time. Well, we'll uh, we'll delve into that as well, like in terms yeah. of uh, a discussion point, because I did see on Twitter just about the future of Supercoach in 2024 and beyond, but we'll talk about it in a bit more detail. But one of those is potentially using part of your your bank balance or your salary cap to potentially buy an extra trade. So uh, we'll uh, I guess foreshadow that as one of the um, one of the questions that we'll uh, we'll pose your way later in the episode. Yeah, but uh, before we jump in, um, how have you been traveling, Joe? 23 so far. In terms of, I guess, your ranking and uh, probably more importantly at this stage, have you qualified for uh, any crucial cash leagues? No, I haven't been playing any cash leagues this year. It's been oh. – um, uh, I've, I've certainly taken a back, back seat this time around. It's my first year uh, working with Big J over at the Centre Balance, doing some content creation work this year. Uh, and it definitely was a different experience uh, playing Supercoach this year as a content creator as opposed to just mm. doing your own thing. And not having people monitoring your step, telling people what your trades are going to be in advance, and all of those wonderful things. The season's been a lot longer. I've also have have felt because you're sort of preparing for the year to come. Uh, my season rank uh, at this point is four thousand and sixty-six. Nice. Um, had a had a very slow start to the year. I was at around eighty thousand um, in round two, so certainly had to work my way back. Went with a more mid-price madness sort of strategy this year, which unfortunately didn't go as well as I would have hoped it would have gone on paper. But that is the risk that you face mm. with the with the madness that is mid-pricer. Uh, and I'm missing out on some crucial plays, especially in the ruck, which is seeing me slide. Mm. Uh, number one being Mr. Tim English. So, um, mm. yeah, I'm now around 4,066. Not quite as great as the season I had last year where I finished like top 120, but you can't, it's very hard to back up high, um, mm. high finishes year upon year. So that's why the best are the best. Um, we're just students of the game and looking to, to do the best we can and have some fun along the way. Yep, exactly right. That's uh, that's the name of the game, isn't it? Especially this time of year when, uh, when you're kind of not near the top and you're like, oh, let's just have some fun. Let's just take some risks and all that. So, we were chatting earlier about uh, we're kind of regretful. Like we're titling this episode the English lesson, and it's he was one of one of the lessons to come out of the weekend for me anyway because I own him and I've had the VC on him for most weeks, and I tried yep. to be too cute and I put the VC on Dacos because he was one of the more highly VC'd players, and um, yep. I thought oh I'll just hedge my bets, go down that route, and should have followed my gut and followed my listen to my heart. And Liam was the same. He was thinking mm. golden. Uh, would have been a definite pot option off the back of a, yeah. a down week. Um, so yeah, it's it's definitely definitely that way. But um, before we uh, I guess delve into things, we'll uh, we'll just as I mentioned earlier, a bit of a bit of a sprinkling of things to come. So we do have some more questions to throw your way, a bit more hard hitting questions uh, towards the back end of the app in terms of uh, as we mentioned 
key strategic learnings from 2023 and your early thoughts for 2024. So we'll let you stew on those until then. But for now, we're about to run through some unique pod options or ace up the sleeve top luxury trade and options to help our viewers and listeners potentially get a leg up over their opponents in the first final. So Liam, do you want to kick us off with the uh, the first of uh, the lines, which is in defense? Yeah, let's kick off with uh, none other than the burn boy, I feel like, from this round. Mm. not even It's not even his fault. It's funny Ross line. Ross, the, Ross the toss. Ross the toss. Obviously, <laughs> defender eligible, 625.8K, averaging 112.8 for the season with a break-even of 87. And despite being largely nullified on the weekend, he remains by far and away the player to target in defense. While he did score 58 in the game where he was tagged, um, he has scored 134, 134, 172, 136, and 170 games in the games preceding the 102 against the Saints. So he did have uh, yeah that 58 against the Ruse two was it three weeks ago now? Yeah. In terms of opponents, he does face uh, in the final four weeks. He has Collingwood positive correlation with Pies conceding points to defenders. Western Bulldogs with another positive correlation with dogs conceding the most points to defenders. Melbourne, who break even matchup wise, and Fremantle, who also tend to have a reasonably even matchup uh, for their defenders. So, really positive, I'd say overall, because he's got those mm. two positives and two, two even um, sort of splits there. Uh, his ownership only rose by just one percent to sixteen percent. So again, highlights the inability for many to afford. One, the trades, um, but also the bank balance to bring him in. And so is an Uber pod and an Uber VC and C option. I think probably leaning more towards VC at this stage, um, mm. personally, if you can. But if you need to throw a haymaker, um, I wouldn't mind to see on him. Overall, though, he is an ace up the sleeve that could help with win you crucial matches in your head-to-head leagues. I mean, he was be. I mean, I know he was tagged three weeks ago for a score of 58, but he was tagged on the weekend and still scored 102. Yeah. So it's not not mm. the end of the world. It was an interesting one as well. Like that game, I was watching it, and it wasn't like a traditional tag where like he's yeah. been followed around by Cooper Sharman. It was more the way that uh, the Saints entered their forward 50. They were no longer like trying to spot up kicks like, you know, at the 25-meter mark. They were like kicking super long, so all the Hawks defenders had to push back into one spot. And a lot of the ball was like bobbling, bobbling out the back and crumbs all that sort of stuff so it was very rare that Sicily had the open space to really exploit mm. or you know utilize his um his uh intercept marking so yeah and that's a very good point as well I think um in terms of the VC side of things because he is I guess so lowly owned compared to the likes of a Dacos Dawson Sinclair all that you can probably afford to put the VC on him because there aren't that many that are able to to do so so you kind of like you have that bit of extra leeway to um to roll the VC through him, provided that um they play early enough, which that was the the big killer on the weekend that played such a late game on Sunday. Uh, would have been awesome to put the VC on him, and uh, if you had a non-playing DPP player like from West Coast, that would have been awesome. But yeah, it wasn't uh, wasn't to be. Um, but uh, just throwing to yourself, Joe, were there any players that uh, you pinpointed that you might have been keen on if you had trades up your sleeve and were in this position where you kind of needed a trade to, um, if you come up against a tough opponent, especially um, to help you get a leg up. I personally like the look of Naziah Wangani Miller, which certainly mm. is really annoying for me because I started the guy knowing <sighs> that this is, knowing that this is the sort of output that we're going to get from him. 
And um, alas, it weighed, he waited until I traded him out before he finally came good. Uh, I way. think he's he's a burned player. He's on my never no no he's not on my never again. Um, he's, uh, <laughs> he's a very kind player. They the, the Saints love the ball in his hands. He's got you know even though it was you'd expect it to be a, a win. You know, they won quite comfortably. The Saints on the weekend mm. they weren't challenged too much by uh, by the Hawks, and yet he still managed to go at 107 points. So he's um, when he's able to get his good ball use. He's getting some kick-ins. He had five on the weekend. He continues to get kick-ins, which is something that's really beneficial for him. He's got the DPP, which caught, which is um, great for those who have like a Will Day, for example, in their team. A lot of people have Dawson as well. So it's great that you've got more DPP, especially if you know we're in the last stretch last month and this is like your final trade just to make sure you get yourself some extra um, some extra leeway, some extra coverage. Mm. Plus, their run isn't the easiest. So I'd expect him in the back line would also get some supply. And you guys, uh, Damo, over there, you guys got him this week. It's the massive game between mm. the Blues and the Saints. And there are times where you guys just don't have your kicking boots on and you could miss. So we could see some more kick-ins for Nazaya. And you guys tend to leak some points to general defenders as well. So if you had to trade, He's under 500k and he's going very well. I like Nazai Wangani Miller. Yep, don't mind that at all. That's a, a very good uh, pickup as well because he's only in, like talking about Pod Factor, he's only in 3% of teams, um, which I thought it would have been way higher because I know there was a few people that jumped on him around about that sort of midway point of the season um, or at least coming out of the buys when he started to come good. Um, so I thought it would have been more, but uh, yeah, really love the uh, recommendation there from you, Joe. That's, um, that's yeah. amazing, especially with the DPP. That's super yep. handy. And it's really been pretty consistent since round seven or eight. Like, well, I a couple of low scores. <laughs> oh. yeah. Round seven, 84. And then, I mean, he's had like a 57, a 59, and a 68 sporadically through there. But all the rest have been 100 or 90s since then. Yep. Yeah, yeah real. Oh, that's rough. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, he's 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 come good at the uh, the right time, but he's, he's similar to both of us. I don't know if you started him uh, with regards to Flanders. Uh, no. Liam and I started him, and oh, had high hopes Flanders. for him. Looked really good in the preseason, and then wasn't getting opportunities, all that sort of stuff. And then magically, I think it was like a week or two before Stewie Dew got the ass. He probably got the memo, and Flanders yep. is like, dobbed him in and said, "Let's just give him the ass because I need a bit of a go on the midfield." And he's just been killing it. Like he's now kind of taken the step up in his game that we all thought he would. And um, yeah, he's just one of those guys that at least it kind of gives you a little bit of validation. You're like, okay, I was yeah. onto it early, but maybe it was too late, too early. Um, yeah. yeah it's just, Again, uh, since round 15, he's dropped below a hundred twice for a 96 and an 85. Mm. Yeah. Crazy. And we'll, uh, he might Before be that, one to discuss. Yes. He's high as the 64. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, crazy. But uh, let's move on to the uh, the midfield. And uh, it's a guy that we've uh, spoken of uh, for a couple of weeks now, but uh, I think he's kind of at the point now where you can't ignore him. And it is LDU, Luke Davies Uniac, uh, or UDL, as you like to call him. I don't know what flavor it would be. Berry, maybe. Yeah, who knows? But uh, midfielder, of course, 609.8K, averaging a 113.5 with a break-even of 91. And he is once again in the spotlight, as I mentioned, as someone that cannot be ignored. And since his return from injury, LDU has gone 94, 134, 129, 133, and 127 for a five-round average of 123.4, which ranks him as the equal second best behind Petrarca. So um, 
he's absolutely in the form of the season for him anyway to date. And despite the return of the engine room regular in Simkin on the weekend, who chewed up the most CBAs with 88%, LDU CBAs actually went up by a percent to 83%. So there's no doubting his role. He hasn't left the engine room at all. So it probably says that he is the outright second fiddle. And I think at this point, there is really no point in ignoring him as an option based upon, you know, we kind of foreshadowed in the weeks prior that, yes, he's got injury risk and we both know quite well, um, Liam and I. Uh, did you own him at any stage, Joe? No, I didn't. I managed to dodge that bullet. <laughs> oh, I had him for maybe about three weeks. Um, Liam, maybe an extra week when he was a, he was the late. I late. had him in that the late laid out. I brought him yeah. in in the warm up where he uh, he got yeah pulled from the game. Due and to then all of Supercoach crashed as well. That was oh, an insane week. Yeah, that was just it. So uh, yeah, wasn't wasn't very good at all. Um, but yeah, just with regards to those issues, like we've kind of been foreshadowing them saying like they could prop up and because he's had multiple issues, um, soft tissue related, we thought maybe there's that uh, issue. But I guess with each week now, um, there's only four weeks remaining. You can kind of offset the risk with the potential extra points that you gain, considering he is, as I said, like the equal second best um, with regards to five round average behind Petrarca. And looking forward to his final four weeks, he faces Melbourne, Essendon, Richmond and Gold Coast. So I guess the main thing for him now, uh, injury aside, is the tag being the biggest issue. Um, and you'd think he would avoid one against the likes of Melbourne and especially Richmond because they don't tag. Um, you boys might be able to weigh in here, both being Don's uh, boys. But Essendon, potentially a small chance. Um, could they play someone through him or will they let him go? So. I'd be surprised if they did. We might no, just, at best, we might put like an Archie Perkins to stand next to him at a stoppage. But um, it's not a tag by any no stretch. Tag, and, yeah. and Archie and Archie can't go with LDU when he goes in and under. Uh, <laughs> Archie's, Archie's too worried about his hair, I think. So, um, yeah, no, nah, LDU will be fine against us, I'm sure. Oh, very good. There you go. There's, there's a tick, couple of ticks there from both of you guys. Uh, and with Gold Coast being the last game, so that's probably a 50-50 depending on if uh, the running man took Miller is utilised in that role like he was. Surprisingly on the weekend against uh, Neil at stages, Um which I thought that was kind of, he was kind of past that role. So, so the old, uh, the old author, the old horror author, Stephen King uh, at the helm there, he's, uh, he's trying to pull some extra strings there. Um, I'm pretty sure Duke back. Miller was trying to pull something else from Zorko as well. That <laughs> Very good. Very good. Oh, so he claims, so he claims, didn't know he had anything yeah. down there to pull, but um, yeah, it was actually quite funny. Uh, if you follow uh, on Instagram, there's a, an account called no context AFL. And they post yes. up all these funny clips and they posted up. It was like captured on the ump's mic when like immediately got up from the ground and Zorko's like, he grabbed my balls. He grabbed my fucking nuts. Get your hands off my penis. <laughs> <laughs> Gentlemen, this is democracy manifest. And you, sir, are you waiting to receive my limp penis? How dare get your hands off me. <laughs> this man touched me on the penis here. <laughs> trying to enjoy a succulent Chinese meal. Oh, that was, that was, it reminded me of that. I don't know why. <laughs> uh, very good. That's that's the way we work here with a lot of uh, pop culture and meme references. So you fit in quite nicely there. You beat us at the punch there, Joe. So that's a big tick for you. Um, but was there any other players apart from potentially LDU uh, that stick out to you as, as maybe – Someone else that people could target. He is on some people's never again list. Mm. 
and he is quite injury prone. But we've gone, we've, we've, you know, you've said it's fine. We can go for someone injury prone. We're in the last month of football. We don't need them for very long. That is a quote. Yeah, that is a quote. I should have opened quote. Lucky Whitfield, the orange, the orange tsunami is back in full force. He is back to his best. He is running and gunning off halfback. They are playing a scintillating brand of football. He was able to go 137 on the weekend at Mars, out of this world. That literally. performance. By, out yes, of this world of Mars. Literally and Very good by you, Jay. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and it, it's a, in a ground that normally the Giants really struggle to play at, and they're playing a great brand of football under Adam Kingsley, who's got them surging the ball and... They, they look like they're really covering the ground. He's got a three-round average of 128, if you don't mind. He's got, again, the DPP. And I love DPP, especially now, late in the season. If it is your last trade, your last luxury trade, to get someone in who is on fire, I love Lockie Whitfield. He's also a, he's also a pod, only 2.2% ownership. So, um, oh, wow. yeah, I'm liking the look of Whitfield. Jeez. Like that. That's um. That's a left field one. I, I wouldn't have even thought of him because I wouldn't have equated him with having mid status. But he does. Completely forgot about that. Um. Right. So it's extra, extra handy as well. But he's he's almost up there, almost alongside. I reckon. Um. Uh, for me, Josh Kelly, who I don't think I'll ever touch in my team ever again. Um. Yeah. I haven't for the past two seasons at least. Um. And it served me well. But yeah, again, I've been burnt so many times by Whitfield. But yeah, as you say, like. You got to risk it for the biscuit in this time of year, um, and probably yeah, match it up against the opponents that you've got. If you need some sort of edge, uh, some sort of super coach edge potentially, um, mm. it, that's a that's a good way to. That's a nice ticket to a um, bit of a pod factor. I like it. Yeah, thank you. And looking at Liam, his what are your uh, home, I'm doing, first of all, I'm having Vietnam flashbacks. <laughs> I could tell with the glassy um, look over your eyes, you just kind yeah, of gone into a stupor. Sorry. Uh, but really? having a look... no. <laughs> no, no, no! <laughs> you were supposed to bring balance to the pod, not destroy it. <laughs> nice Star Wars reference there. I liked it as well. Uh, very good. <laughs> but uh, once I got over that, I did did start crunching the numbers. Um, looking at his run home, he has Sydney, who. Don't give away a lot of points to wing defenders. If anything, there's a negative correlation. Then he plays Port, who do give away quite a lot. Quite a lot. Mm. Then he plays Essendon, who we all know he absolutely loves playing. Um, and who also give away a lot of points to to defenders uh, of, of sort of his style. And then he plays Carlton, who, yeah, don't really, there's sort of no real correlation there. Uh, probably a bit of a break-even game. So he has a decent run home as well um, in terms of scoring. Just just this week would probably be his biggest issue against yeah. the Swans. But that being said, like, he's gone 115, 133, and 137 in his last three. So he's in some good form. Yep. Can't be denied. Can't be denied. Even though he was the chosen one. He was the chosen was one the back chosen in the one. day. <laughs> you were the chosen one! Yeah, look, mate. I'm, we've got the I've got the higher ground here. Don't don't try. It. All right. Don't, don't, don't. I know I might be below you in the camera here, but I got the higher ground. Yeah. Don't try. It. Yeah, exactly. You don't want to be flipping over us. Yeah, all that sort of no. stuff. Yeah. 
Boom. Anyway, enough Star Wars references, Liam. Who have we got in the uh, in the ruck? <laughs> Who else? Who else could it be? Maxi Gorn. Maxi yeah. Gorn. 680.4K, averaging 107.4 with a break-even of 98. And the price tag might surprise you, but that's because he went up 71.8K on the weekend after scoring a huge 174. He is... Somehow, I, I say this because we've got English, the informed Ruckman in the game right now, with a three-round average of 169.7, which is ranked first, and a five-round average of 140.8, second only behind English. He is 45.5K cheaper than English at present. So Gorn most definitely presents as a suitable alternative if you don't have the big... English breakfast. Likewise, if you are after a pod against a league opponent, Gord's ownership of 9.5% is going to give you potentially a sizable advantage or at least one that will come ownership of English. Imagine if you also just went Marshall up to Gorn and had English as well, English and Gorn. Imagine how many points that would be. In terms of opponents, in terms of opponents. I traded out Gorn in round 16 to Petrarca. Oh, oh. Oh. oh, at least you got Petra- over Petra- that time. You might have, yeah, you might have been okay over. Apart from maybe the past couple of weeks, where he's probably uh, got you back. <laughs> but instead of total up. points, though, like you might still be ahead. Around sixteen. Yeah, yeah. but I'm rocking. I'm rocking Briggs and Marshall at the moment in my right oh, line. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Probably Briggs. Um, and in terms of opponents, I'm going to move straight on from Briggs. Uh, he faces. The final four weeks, uh, his opponents are North Melbourne with uh, Goldstein or Cherry, concede the most points by a long way, averaging 110.2. Carlton with a Pitney uh, TDK, break even, yeah, pretty much, averaging 101.3. Hawthorne up against uh, probably Meek. Um, and this is obviously, when I say average, this is the average by Gorn um, in those, against those teams. Uh, Hawthorne, Meek, break e- he breaks even again. Uh, he will break even, you'd expect, averaging by Gorn uh, 140.4. When I say break even again, it's the way that those mm. matchups are. And Sydney, <clears throat> bloody hell, McLean and Amati. <laughs> I'm not going to say what sort of correlation oh that is because uh, oh we should all God. know it. And he's averaging 117.6 against, uh, against the Swans. So it's all coming up maxi. Uh, and you could probably like use English as like the yardstick here, the measuring measuring stick, because oh, he against North English scored a one thirty three against Sydney he scored one seventy three. Um, so yeah, he's uh he's in for a nice run of games. I think if you're an owner of Gorn, uh, you can just kick your feet back and just just be like, yep, just bring it on. Give us give us the bulk points like Homer just eating those donuts more more. <laughs> so you're like donuts, eh? <laughs> <laughs> have all the donuts in the world yeah, <laughs> have all the rock hitouts in the world it's just the um yeah the, the homer simpson sitting there with the conveyor belt just uh stuffing him with stuffing him with all those donuts it's um yeah. as, a, as a former owner it breaks my heart and um i traded him in because i'm like excellent he's also gonna get forward status and i'll be able to send him forward and get english uh where he was in the rock yep. But of course, Gorn spent one too many center bounces. And uh, 
missed out on forward status by 0.1%. So my dream of having both Gorn and English um, went up in smokes there. And now I have none of them. So, um, <laughs> yes, smites me now, God. Like, honestly, <laughs> I feel smitten right now. <laughs> yeah, it feels smitten. <laughs> Not the good kind, though. No. But, yeah, so just with that, I imagine there aren't really any other players you'd be looking at outside of Gorn. Maybe, maybe English, but, again, like Liam, like you mentioned, he's um, he's 45.5K cheaper than English. So yeah. save the this cash. If you've got Cameron. two trades, maybe. This, this, yeah. this is Darcy Cameron, really, who seems to be in um, – it's yeah. a really good form after he came back from his back injury. He's gone over 120. I think he had, I think he scored 135 uh, last week. And then the game that went by, he scored like a 127. So he seems to be in really good form. He's got ruck forward status. Um, you know, Mason Cox has shown to be as inept as we all thought he was going to be. And so he's not really getting much game time. He was subbed out on the weekend against your mob uh, last week. So... You know, it seems to be all things are pointing towards Darcy Cameron maintaining mm. that ruck dominance over there at Collingwood. So, you know, he's 500k. He's a lot cheaper than yep. than all those other options, and he seems to be going really hot. So, there's Darcy Cameron. Yeah, he's got DPP. Like we'll, yeah, DPP as well. Status. Yeah. So, yeah. again, I just I just love the DPP options at this point of the season. Yeah, you kind of need it as well when you're running out of trades or you've run out of trades. It's all you have to really rely on for, for cover, um, especially especially like cover across mul multiple lines, which is always handy. But uh, you mentioned Cox there as well. He's, in terms of the, the ruck attendances that he's had, uh, he's actually had the least um, for the previous couple of weeks. So Darcy Cameron had 78%, which was his uh, third highest for the season. And then his second highest for the season against Carlton with 80%. Um, so, yeah, I mean, rumours are I reckon probably Cox is going to get the arse this week, which is interesting off the back of like a, what was it, two-year contract extension? Yeah, two-year extension. <laughs> Timed well by him. He's just like, kick off your feet. Here we go. It doesn't matter. I'm locked in. Exactly. It's the um, classic. It's, it's the classic. Extend your contract and then pull up shit on that weekend. Excuse my French. That's what happened with Mason clear. Redmond. He signed the five-year extension and then... Mm. Thank you very much. <laughs> my job is done here. <laughs> exactly. My manager's done. Is all my my manager's job is also done. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, classic. Uh, um, well, just, while we're talking about just quickly, sorry, just having a look at Gorn's yeah. run with Sydney. Um, a stat from the weekend. So the ruck duo of Andrew Phillips and. Uh, Nick, Nick Bryan. Bryan, the hitouts for the Essendon versus Sydney game was 52 to 18. Sydney Nick had Bryan 18 hitouts for the game. He's a baby. Nick Bryan yeah. is a baby. And Andrew Phillips is a, a herbivore freaking dinosaur. I don't know. What's, what's, what's a dinosaur herbivore? <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 I forgot. Or a, one of the, yeah, one of those ones. Not a stick of One, one of those thing things, you know, like a Brachiosaurus or something. Yeah. Or Brachiosaurus, yeah. Yeah, like it, for us to dominate the ruck like that. Yeah, oh. that's yeah. <sighs> that's a fair Max point. So, yeah. Owners are laughing. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, just remind me as well when you uh, when you were talking about like Mason Cox and and Redmond as well, like off the back of a contract that they've just signed, like just doing nothing, like my work here is done. I was thinking about that. Uh, I think it's the is it the monorail episode potentially where it has like um, Leonard Nimoy, like Spock. 
Oh, I was like, yeah. my work here is done. And Bonnie's like, what do you mean? Your work is done. You haven't done anything. And he's like, didn't I? And then disappears into nothing. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's Mason Cox. <laughs> yeah, it's like that Sailor Moon. It's all that, that, that Sailor Moon meme. I don't know if you guys are, you know, my work here is done. It's like for every group assignment, there's always one person in every group oh, yeah. assignment that says, yeah. my work here is done. Eh? You haven't done anything. <laughs> yeah, you've done nothing. <laughs> uh, classic. Well, let's round it out with, uh, of course, the, uh, the forward line. So we spoke of him earlier, and it is that man, ah, Purple Dreams, Sam Flanders. Uh, good old Ned, good old Ned Flanders. He's priced at four ninety one point five k, averaging at eighty one point five with a break even of eighty five. And Flanders, he is a name that haunts not just Homer but many of us coaches who picked him in their starting sides only for a lack of opportunity and poor scoring, seeing him being traded out. And now he is looking like an absolute world beater. Uh, he's averaging one hundred seven point six in his past five, ranking him the fifth best scorer in that category behind Dunks. Charlie Kerner, who's gone on a bit of a tear, uh, Errol Goulden, your boy, Liam, and Connor Rosie. And since returning to the senior side in round 15 after languishing in the VFL, he has scored 100, 119, 96, 125, 113, and an 85 on the weekend. So most notably, the increase in scoring has coincided with the increase in CBAs with 43% a drop to 19%, uh, but he still scored well, nine, 119 that week. Then he had 43%, 50%, 69%, and 32% over that period. And um, I guess one of the keys to targeting Flanders here is his ownership is just 5.9%. So he does present as a great pod at sub 500k uh, price tag. And whilst Flanders is still, I guess, a slight risk due to the fact that he hasn't really got that, um, we always go by the numbers here. Um, he doesn't have that you know, decent scoring yeah. history prior to these six games. Um, there is no denying he has finally stepped up his game like we all hoped he would when many of us selected him in our starting side. So I think that's probably the one sort of caveat to it is that um, he's kind of upped his game and, yeah, he's fulfilling the promise that we all thought he would. Um, but any thoughts with regards to him, Joel? Is there any anyone else that um, sticks out in your mind? Uh, I'm having a look, actually, and um, obviously there's, again, Darcy Cameron for those who, mm. you know, but we, we can't we can't cheat and use him twice, can we? That's not <laughs> oh, I had a sneaky can, look at Charlie Kerno because he is in ripping form, but that run home is pretty tough against forwards, against oh, yeah. key forwards, so um, probably wouldn't go Charlie Kerno. If you, if you are looking for a spicy, spicy selection, um, mate, there's Tex Walker. Um, now, Ooh. Tex Walker, <laughs> it, it, he's got... His last game of the season yeah. is against the Eagles. He's got the Eagles. So he could go 200 that game. Now, I haven't looked anything before that. All I know is got the Eagles in the last round. And that could be the, the only hope for, for everyone. <laughs> and just, just to Talk make this Coleman medal race interesting. Um, but uh, no, he's in, he's in great form, Taylor Walker. And he scored a ripping 157 against poor Adelaide at home, which is obviously a very impressive thing. It is his home ground as well. Um, and as a result, it's really skewed the um, the poor Adelaide score against uh, in terms of against key forwards into the positive. So he his game was so influential. Um, now, how much you can read into that playing against a concussed player, naughty naughty Port Adelaide? Um, <laughs> I, I reckon uh, Alira Lee might have an Alira might be able to come back for some mula um, at the end of his career um, for malpractice, I suppose we can say for against Port Adelaide. <laughs> But um, obviously the, the likes of Zach Butters as well, who seems to he had a he had a drop off, um, but last week he bounced back pretty well. So 
any any of those two, I think, are pretty good. I think at this point. <laughs> yep. No, I like that. That's um very good. Like it is sort of in line with uh you know the players that you could be looking at. I mean, uh, Zach Butters is obviously another one, but he's more highly owned. Um, yeah. more so mention him just purely because of the fact that he has dropped down in price. I think he was. Uh, what was he uh, top price at 658k back in round 12, um, and then since then he kind of has been teetering around about 90, 80 odd uh, in terms of his scoring from week to week, and he's dropped down to the 535.7 that he's priced at the moment. But his past couple of weeks, 101 and 134, he did have that uh, that groin issue, I think it was, um, mm. but uh, hasn't ended up missing any weeks. But again, he's someone that is uh, kind of fraught with danger because he does have that history of uh, breaking down later in the season. But uh, only four weeks to go. Do you take the risk? Because he's highly owned, I guess, kind of offsets the risk a little bit. But, um, yeah, again, if you go for him with his scoring rate, potentially go for Flanders, go for Darcy Cameron. So for uh, I like those options. Flanders. Go for Flanders. Go for Flanders. Flanders less, is, is... Less, less, less stupid, more sexy. sexy <laughs> exactly. Sexy yeah. Flanders. No, I love Darcy he Cameron. Is. You go Darcy he Cameron. Is. Stupid and sexy. Yeah, actually, no, sure. I probably would go Darcy Cameron if I was choosing yeah. out of all them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> been been burnt. That's too raw. The unsexy Flanders that we had in early in the season, and now it is literally a case of stupid sexy Flanders because divert your eyes because of how he's scoring. It's um, yeah, it's not boding well. But um, it is time, and you're uh, you're here. You've joined us at a perfect moment, Joe, because it is. Uh, hold on one moment. Let me just let me just get a prop. You'll uh, you'll enjoy this. Drum roll. It is a segment where uh, we crown either of us as the captain. And we end up saying, board our ship, board our plane. Last week, Liam, he was on a yeah, charter was, uh, flight that I he was, was piloting. There. Yep. And Came crashing time, down, but... <laughs> oh, that's not good. That's not good. Mayday, mayday. <laughs> you parachuted out, so that was fine. You survived. Yeah. That's the main I thing. I survived. But now I've got my own little private jet I've invested in. And uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. This is... I'm the captain now. Look at me. I'm the captain now. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm I think exactly. <laughs> I think my favorite thing is the fact that the captain's hat has an anchor, anchor on it. <laughs> I know exactly. Well, it's dual purpose because I do I do actually have a yacht as well that I captain. So, and I I might as well just use the same hat. People have a question when I've boarded the flight though, and they're like, "Have you got the right hat?" And I'm like, "What are you talking about? Of course I do. Absolutely." Yeah, I'm sending this ship down like an anchor. That's exactly what I'm doing. We're going down. We're going down to visit the Titanic, as it were, or the Titan. Oh no! Too soon. Too soon. <laughs> That's a second consecutive week that we've made gags about. Well, you can blame me for doing that again. Yes. Uh, jokes about Titan. We're talking about. We're talking about. Yeah, millionaires. Talking about Elon Musk. Who copped a lot of flack for mentioning Elon Musk. People in the comments section were like, "Stop being political," and we're like, "We just mentioned about Twitter and X." And yeah, so it's an ongoing gag now. So uh, if you tune mentioning, in, mentioning Elon Musk is now becoming political, is it? Apparently, apparently. But then that was off the back <laughs> of uh, mentioning a billionaire, and then when we were talking about uh, George Hewitt. And I said his price has plummeted that low. It's almost at the same depth as a Titanic. And then Liam wanted to make a gag, and I could see his mind ticking over. I said, "What is it? Are you going to mention something about if his price goes any lower, he's going to implode?" <laughs> I didn't say it. I said it. I just put the words in your mouth. 
Come on, it's, it's wow. dark humor. It's, it's, Look, it's dark uh, humor. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. It's dark humor, and <laughs> I don't know why you're a billionaire, millionaire, spending money to go down to the bottom of the sea. It's ridiculous. But um, I do feel sorry for that one kid in there. Yeah, oh, is there a that's as well? Like, like, yeah. I told that's you I didn't want to come down here. <laughs> like I told you so. The yeah, exactly. Oh, but oh well. Anyway, it is, of course, <laughs> back on track. I'm the captain now. So in I'm the captain now, we chat about the VC and C options you've got for the upcoming round of Supercoach. As always, we scrounge through the data and found the best options for you to consider. I like how we just went off on a massive tangent. That's what we do here virtually at Supercoach yeah. Edge, Joe. We just we just go off on tangents. Yes, yeah, tangent central. Uh, tangent central. And for some reason, people could keep tuning back into us. Uh, there must be just uh, gluttons for punishment and just everything else they just yeah you guys are funny it's good it's good to watch <laughs> you know if we wanted if we wanted just pure super coach knowledge they could just jump onto chat gpt and talk up that what are true. some good trade options this week we want the personality mate it's uh yeah it's oh, that's exactly right fun. when when it does get to that stage where the uh where the, the ai starts to take over we'll is we'll uh, we'll all be battling the uh the ai We'll just have to go Whenever... stand up comedy, guys. We'll just have to go stand up comedy. It is what it is. Oh, exactly. Whenever I talk to ChatGPT, I always say thank you and please, just so that when you know the AI attacks us, it's going to be like, no, no, Liam's a good guy. We'll spare him. He's one of us. Yeah. He's polite. He's polite. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Elon Musk is going to be spared because he is a robot. So don't worry about that. There we go. Ready? A, and a lot of comments. And Mark we'll Zuckerberg's a lizard. So um, that is all, true. all of our all of our social media overlords are other species. That being said, I haven't noticed that we. And don't, Michelle we don't Obama's probably it. a man as well. We don't cop it for Zuckerberg comments. We're just just Elon comments. Yeah, I don't understand what it is. It's just they got uh, I don't know. They're afraid of Zuck. With... Clearly, they're afraid to be abducted in the middle of the night. Meta, yeah. Meta comes through your through your dark screen in the middle of the night and takes your information. <laughs> I don't know. It's bizarre. Yeah. Crazy. Anyway, uh, there's another tangent we went down. Uh, we're back on track, of course, as well. So it is I'm the captain now. So Liam, uh, shall we kick it off with? Uh, I guess we're going to go through. Uh, we usually go through game by game. But we're just going to go through the top players in terms of the averages for mm. all. I guess against the the teams that they're facing facing this week. So Liam, going to kick us off. Yes, I'm going to kick us off. And this guy does not have a good average against uh, against the team he's playing, uh, but. You can't look past him with his Tim English, 145, 96, 50, and 103 in his last four games. Against the Tigers. As I quickly try and figure out who he is playing against. The Tigers, <laughs> you're right. I don't know who is <laughs> For an average of 98.5. Not very good. Yeah. <laughs> 98.5. So not a great, not a great average there, but uh you can't look past him. Nankovis yep. is back this week. It is Nank the Tank, and I'm, I'm uh, spitting chips at that as an English owner. I thought, here we go, rub my hands together, little trotters together, um, channeling my uh, my piggy Oliver, because I was just he's just gorging on points from week to week. Um, and he's passed, what, six games now? He's gone 133, 127, 130, 173, 134, and a 163 against the Briglet. Um, so I'm going to put the VC on him. I've, I've just, I've done my dash. I'm not going to, I'm sorry. Please, please uh, forgive me. And he's, he's the champion data's love child, I think. He's a new age bont, I yeah. reckon. He's been yeah. gifted so many extra points. There was a game there where he scored a 99, I think it was, yeah, against Port Adelaide, round 13. And I watched that game. He's, he, he played like shit. I have no idea how he scored a 99. Incredible. So I'm going to be riding that champion data wave. 
putting the lipstick on, uh, Steve Buscemi style from uh, from Billy Madison, um, crossing names off my list and um, yeah, just basking back in the glory like champion data do. They normally get on their knees, but that's a different story. Um, but let's move on to uh, Marcus Bontempelli. And in his last four against the Tigs, he's uh, scored 122, 136, 107, and a 96 for an average of 115.25. Should mention as well, Joe, what were your thoughts about English? I hate him. I hate him. <laughs> there you go. That's um, enough said. I hate to I hate to not own him, and I hate the super coach love him. So yep. I love to hate him, and um, it is what it is. Well done, lucky bastards. I swear you own yep. him. <laughs> I, I'm only I'm only thinking. <laughs> I thank Hodor for that. Uh, Shrek, um, Sean Darcy for going down injured. Otherwise, I wouldn't have had him in my team. Um, so it's been a bit of a blessing in disguise. Uh, but with regards to Bond, um, so he hasn't had the best, I guess. Average against oh thereabouts uh, for the against the Tigs, but nothing to really write home about apart from that 136. 122 was the the score that he had most recently in round four against them. Um, I don't know, but he averages 125.1, so he's he's right up there historically. Yeah, he's an option I think for those people that don't own English. Thoughts? Yeah, not for me though. He's no. um. He's not, he's not playing right, I feel. I feel like he's carrying an injury. A lot of players are carrying injuries, but, um, yeah, I think there's, I think he's got something wrong with his calf, and um, I think it's limiting his game. They're, they're looking to use other players, I feel, um, and looking to manage him with the hopes that they can get to finals and um, him have a big say in the final series. So, look, I don't know. There's, he just doesn't pass my eye test. He's still one of the best players in the league, without a doubt, when he's on, and he showcased that against us in spades, yeah. but um, I don't know. I just don't think he's playing right. I, I'm, I'd much rather go with Zaki Merritt mm. uh, playing against the West Coast Eagles, who are dead last for conceding points against midfielders. It's our home game. We're playing at Marvel Stadium, and Zaki, he should really be in contention for Australian. Uh, he has had an absolutely sensational season today. I'm not just saying that because I'm an Essendon supporter. I'm sure you'd back me up on this demo. Objectively speaking, Zach Merritt is one of the best midfielders in the comp. Yes? Yes? Absolutely. 100%. Good. He is the best midfielder of all time. That's me channeling my uh, Elon Musk. <clears throat> <laughs> but no, no absolutely. Is, I don't know if you've seen on... Sorry, going on another tangent here. Have you seen on Twitter uh, that Mark Murphy um, is not as good as... Um, uh, Scott Pendlebury. Mark Murphy a, is yeah, not Mark as Murphy. good as Scott Pendlebury. No, no. Apparently, there's a guy, a Carlton supporter, trying making the argument that Murphy was uh, had a better is better than uh than Pendles. Oh, so oh, okay. So Pendles is not as good as Mark Murphy is what yes, this guy yes. is saying. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, just when you when you said that Merritt is the best midfielder ever, that's what it reminded me. Of. <laughs> that's that's very applicable. And to that supporter. Uh, he needs to like pop another eyeball into his skull, I think, because he's too one-eyed. Um, mm. Even I objectively can say that is a ridiculous call. Scott Pendlebury, yeah. every single day yeah. of the week. <laughs> I'm sorry. I love I love Murph, but um, yeah, no, that's just a silly call. Wow. Yeah. Mark Murphy. Mm. Mark Murphy. <laughs> Mark motherfishing Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll leave it there. I'll leave it there. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> But it's a good good segue, Liam, because uh, Zach Merritt, he's the next one to uh, to chat about. He is. Now he hasn't got the best average against the uh, the Eagles. 
Scores of uh, the Eagles one, have ten. never been shitter. The Eagles have yeah, never been shitter. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think we better. can. Uh, it's not a bad average though. It's also it's just it's just it's okay. One ten, one eleven, one nineteen, one twenty five for an average of one sixteen point two five in his last four against against the West Coast Eagles. But I feel like you're right. I feel like he's in for a big one at Marvel. Has to be surely. Has to be good VC option. Yep. Again, you got me questioning it now. Do I go the VC on English? Do I bypass him again, or no. do I go bypass him? Bypass him. I don't want another English VC score jumping over me. Bypass him. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like uh, when you were reading out like the stats, they're like, he's maybe his stats aren't good. His averages aren't too good. And it's kind of like, you know, the Bill, the Bill Hader meme where he's just dancing. He's just. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. Like it's, it'll be fine. He'll, he'll absolutely punched out a massive score. Although could Parrish and Merrick go, both go big or will they like, negate each other and like eat each other's same slice of pie as it were. I think they'll both go big personally. Yeah. Um, mm. I don't think, I don't think that, I don't think it's mutually exclusive that one has to go big. Um, we do like to flick the ball around in the midfield before we get the, before we get the clearance out. And, you know, we're, we're unfortunately, if, if only we we're, I think we're like third last in the competition for stoppages per game, which is, um, not not sensational, but um, at the same time, our both both of these guys know how to spread the love, I guess, and find a lot of the pill themselves. I mean, last week you look at last week, uh, Merritt had a like a one thirty nine, and Darcy Parish still scored, I think, like a one hundred five or something. So um, it's it's not yeah. necessary that they're going to destroy each other's scoring, uh, especially against West Coast. I, I assume there's going to be um, a lot of love to share <laughs> this week. <laughs> Yeah, I, th- I think there will be. Um, yeah, just going by like previous players that have played up against West Coast, like they've absolutely gone bananas. So um, yeah, both of those guys should be in line for pretty big game. Uh, but the next uh, player to look at, and it is uh, from Adelaide, and it is Rory Laird. Uh, they face Adelaide, uh, Gold Coast. Rory Laird in his last four has gone 112, 114, 95, 107 for an overall average of 107. Um, but I think with him, he's kind of starting to hit his traps again, a little bit worried last week. Uh, some people rolled the dice uh, on return from that uh, was an AC injury that he had that he was held out for for a week. Um, and they put the, the C or the VC on him uh, and he returned dividends with the 129. Uh, prior to that uh, week off, he when he was actually, I think he was jabbed up and played through the game against the Giants and he scored a 151. So um, prior to that, he's actually... Scored pretty well, 125, 156. So he's in pretty solid enough form. Uh, round about that sort of captaincy mark, but nothing really major. Um, so, yeah, I guess nonetheless, he's, uh, he's an option against uh, the Gold what, Coast. What do they jab him with to go 150? Gee, they should do that more often. Horse. No, it wouldn't have been a horse tranquilizer. Otherwise, he would have been asleep. Um, whatever <laughs> the opposite to that is, horsepower. <laughs> UDL. UDL. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, whatever UDL is taking, just like taking a serum out of like LDU, repurpose it as, exactly. as UDL, put it in his in his uh, body. But um, peptides, maybe. I don't know. Or is it too close to home, being Don's supporters? <laughs> Oops. I'm sorry. <laughs> is it a good thing or a bad thing? That's a good thing, I think. Uh, oh, well, would have got away with it too if it wasn't for those pesky Asada. Um, but uh, there is... And the Dimitri stuff you, you're a corrupt bastard. I hate you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
<laughs> exactly. Oh. I agree wholeheartedly uh, as a Carlton fan. Uh, but next up, Liam, we also have his teammate. Uh, George, yes, we George have Dawson. Jordan Dawson. Uh, averaging 119.5 in his last four against the, the Suns. Um, 106, 140, 74, and 158. That is, I don't know. I don't know. I just don't yeah. trust Dawson. Here comes yeah. the Suns. Da, na, na, na. Here comes <laughs> well, that's the thing. Suns. <laughs> and I say, yes. it's all well, it's hopefully it's all, all right. right. Well, hopefully that's the case, but I'm just kind of worried about like the, uh, the old horror author, the old goosebumps, AKA <laughs> Stephen King. Like, is he going to utilize Tuk Tuk as a tagger? You know, the, uh, the tagger mm. again, who does he go to? If so, it's I personally, Dawson. 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 it's gotta be yeah. Dawson. Yeah. yeah for He's sure. more effective. But mm, that's one thing to keep. Rory Led will be too busy tackling Tuke Miller to, to be worth tagging anybody. He just tackles everybody he sees. So he loves um, it. He just he loves, loves the loves hug. A, loves a cuddle. Mm. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He's a cuddler like me. Uh, <laughs> um, moving on to James Sicily. <laughs> you're you're a bad influence on us, uh, Joe. Bad influence. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's good. Keep going. Um, James Sisley, uh, in his last four, uh, who does Hawthorne play? Should know this. Collingwood. Uh, Collingwood, of course. Uh, in his last four, against <laughs> We're not going well. No, no, 132, 141. And I'm sorry, guys. I'm so sorry. I don't know what I've done here. <laughs> You've caught our, our infectious, um, I don't know, in craziness disease, whatever it is. So we apologize. Um, yes, pa- pass it on to Big J as well. Um, but uh, Sicily, so he averages 124 against the Pies and um, the Pies actually give up a few points to defenders as well. So a bit of a positive matchup there. So I don't mind this. I don't think the Pies will be tagging per se. And I don't think, I think with their setup, I don't know if they're going to change anything markedly. I mean, they're lucky to win against Port, obviously lost against my mob on the weekend. I wonder if they change anything off the back of that or if they just want to back in their process. Like it's two games out of, what 20 rounds or whatever it was um, yeah. that they've actually been found out. They've lost obviously a couple of games here and there, but they haven't really adjusted since then. So I don't know. I think they'll just back in their process and, you know, if Sicily racks up the pill and as long as Collingwood win, I think that's probably what they'll be trying to do personally. But I said the same thing against Ross, the boss who needed to win at all cost, And um, yeah, they ended up negating him with a different forward setup. So I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure they have the personnel to, to play defensive forwards over there at Collingwood. I know I'm pretty sure Bobby Hill will be back this week, but he's a small, he's not someone that is gonna directly impact Sicily yeah. as a player. But um yeah, it's a question of is Mason Cox gonna, you know, maintain his spot in the side or but I don't know. Yeah, my check is their is their go to guy. Yeah. They might keep Kickstart. Jeremy Howe there because they yeah. did try oh, Jeremy true. Howe late in the game and mm. he went bonkers, three goals in a row in that last quarter. So they might want to keep Jeremy Howe forward. Maybe he yeah. can play that defensive role and take away that intercept mm. marking ability for Sicily. Maybe. Yep. Yeah, that's a very good point, actually, because he is, I mean, he can play both ends, obviously, and he's got yeah. a defensive mindset in his game. Um, so yeah, that's probably the, the best matchup. Mm, interesting. Don't mind that. It's a very good call by you, Joe. Very, very good call. And that's part of the reason why I got you here for your knowledge. Not just not just your crazy banter, but for that knowledge. Um, I like that. Mainly for the banter, though. Let's be real. 
Yeah, exactly. Let's be real. Yeah, first and foremost. <laughs> uh, now, Liam? just to break up this little love in, um, yes. <laughs> moving on to the next guy, it is Nick Dacos, and he's only played the Hawks once. So it's super easy. He's got an average of 113 and one score of 113. It doesn't count that practice preseason game that has shook all of us away from him to start in our starting team, right? <laughs> exactly right. The guy that we, uh, I always get confused with the pronunciation of, uh, Maginus, a.k.a. McGuinness, uh, the weirdly spelt name. Um, Two Minute Noodles is his, that has to be his nickname, Noodles. Maginus. <laughs> Every time I see his name, it's just, I, 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 I I've, I've arrested thing. it. I've arrested it now, but uh, early days, I was like, I'd see it and instantly, imagine us. I'm like, no, it's McGuinness. It's just the, the double G, double N, whatever it is. And it's just. Yeah, 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 yeah. See, in my imagine... head, I still say Maginus, but I out loud, I say, Mag- oh my God, McGuinness. But in my yeah. head, whenever I read it, it's Maginus. <laughs> Ma- Maginus, yeah, the double N, double N, double S. Um, Come on. Yeah, the noodles, good old noodles. But surely noodles, we're going to dub him noodles from now on. Surely he goes to Dacos. Surely. Yep. Although having said that, they didn't put uh, the noodles on um, LDU, which was uh, he's not a runner. He's not a runner. Ah, uh, okay. Maginus, Maginus. I've just, I've just, I've just merged both of the pronunciations now. Maginus, uh, I like Maginus. Maginus. I love Maginus. Maginus. Sounds, um, like a, sounds like a, sounds like a horoscope. Maginus. <laughs> yeah, drink a lot of gin before this episode by the looks of things. Um, but yeah, now Maginus, he, he tags runners, he tags outside players, um, and he tends to go with, yeah, the runners, as I say. So LDU is not a runner. LDU is an in and under contested ball beast. beast. If they're gonna, if they want to match someone on an in and under player, they'd send Nash to him. Um, mm. Yeah, Dacos is an outside player, so McGinnis should go to Dacos still. I must, I must mention as well, and I know it's been made light of on, especially on Twitter, but watching it firsthand uh, from the bleachers, and Liam, you were there. He, uh, Liam, came along and, and he was supporting Carlton. I can tell he wasn't, but uh, he was supporting no one. I was, was supporting was, absolutely no one. He was on the fence. He was the, the, I was the sitting the there. I was sitting there with my arms folded, uh, just watching. And then no matter who scored a goal, I was like, no, I can't do it. Yeah. I was like, come on, Liam. Come on, Liam. Meanwhile, I was just yelling and screaming and swearing like an absolute madman. Um, But So it was you that was doing that behind. No, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. (laughs) Not as bad as the guy I had sitting next to me who made two noises the whole game. Oh, yeah. One of which was, (laughs) woohoo! And the other one was, (gasps) Oh, that was it. <laughs> you sure he wasn't a mute? And that was like his only way of communication? Woo-hoo-hoo! I'll be doing that from now on. I'll do that this this weekend against the Saints. Woo-hoo-hoo! Every time we kick a goal, and, <laughs> every time they kick a goal. But with, with Dacos, and you would have seen it as well, um, Liam being there live, but there were instances there where, again, he pulled out of the contest. And I love the fact that Michael Voss, and I'm a big... Uh, I, I criticise Voss and he's turned it around. I'll uh, give him tip the tip the cap to to him for that. But playing Cripper, the most contested player in our team, big beast of a bloke, as you know, on Nick Dacos at various stages, hilarious. The most uncontested player up against the most contested beast was so funny. Um, but he struggled majorly, and there was actually rumor I saw on Twitter and it was on TikTok as well, where apparently he's got a bit of an ankle niggle. And there's vision of him as he's about to run through the banner where he uh, 
he bends down like he takes a step and like you know they do the jump and whatever and they stretch their, their quads and hammies he landed and like st- like lifted his lifted his foot and like rotated his ankle and like had like a bit of a wince on his face then ended up kicking the ball towards goal off camera and then ran through the other uh, banner and was like hobbling so i wonder oh. if there's a bit of um substance to that having seen that vision normally i would be like oh it's just just a rumor but saw that vision TikTok. i might try and track it down and and uh and pop it up but i think it was the pies that ended up posting it on their tiktok um so they've given away a bit of a yeah a bit of insight there interesting interesting so interesting yeah, makes me wonder as well if he does carry that niggle if he's rested uh, at some stage, which will be there's a heavy. buy. There's a buy after round yeah, twenty-four. True. Yeah, get yeah, him exactly. through. Come on, guys, yeah. do it. Come on, Craig, do it for us, Super Coach owners, please. <laughs> we don't have any trades left. Yeah, exactly. Please. Oh well, but that's that's one to watch. More, sir, please. <laughs> <laughs> exactly that's how we are every week with my captain's hat using it as like a dish please sir can i have some more <laughs> but um next up uh errol Goulden, liam uh how is he my going boy. yep <clears throat> my boy uh boy. he is playing the giants the giants the, Battle of the bridge Battle of the bridge uh, 119 in his last game against the Swans, then a 97, a 131, and a 66 for an average of 103.25 in his last four games against them. I don't know. It's a bit. It's an awkward time. Plays 7:30 on a Saturday. It's sort of bordering on needing mm. to be a C option. Mm. He hasn't played this role against them before. Mm. Mm. He's playing a lot more on the ball these days. He is scoring really well, and he can push forward and kick goals. So it's um, I do love him. It's the best. It's the best Errol Golden we've ever seen, and um, he's going to have a really exciting career. That's for sure. He um must make mention as well. Like we've been highlighting, you know, the fact that whenever Golden's had a bad round, then very next round he comes out and kills it. Um, he's gone on a bit of a tear. It hasn't just been, if we're talking about trends and we love numbers and all things trends here, um, back in round six, scored a 47 very next week. He scored a 119, then a 156 and a 156 back to back, uh, round 13, 62 against the saints. And then he continued a massive run 111, 164, 124, 143, 117 up until the 66, the down game a couple of weeks ago against Frio and then bounced back with that 152 against your mob. Does he do it again? Does he continue the trend where he has another massive game? Yeah. yeah. I like yeah. trends. Cool. I like numbers. The trend Just... is your friend. Oh, look at that. <laughs> motto of... no, I'm going to call this a motto of the episode. The trend is your friend. Absolutely. I don't, I don't mind it, but as you say, Liam, it's kind of like a bit of a awkward. Just yeah, the awkward timing. Around. Yeah. If he played Saturday Arvo. Mm. I just it depends nah, if, if you've got, got a gorn. No, no, if you have if you've got gorn, a gorn, yeah. If you've got a gorn, it's a great VC option. <laughs> true. Very true. You'd have to have a gorn. I mean, probably you could have a Matt Johnson if he's been dropped again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you could have a Drury, for example, yeah, shit yeah. on your bench. You know yeah. what I mean? So there are there Keep are options Harvey. there. Yeah, don't don't mind it. I guess, yeah, if you it kind of limits the amount of people that can utilize that. If you've got gorn, as you say, yeah, hundred percent. Um, nice little risk to take there. And because it's going to be a, um, I think the later the game, 
the the more um, pod an option the player is. So yeah, and my, more my scoring well. gets as well. Gorn loves yeah. a late game where he can just go bananas. <laughs> Absolutely loves it. Yep. Uh, moving on to the next player, and it is LDU. Uh, he scored a 97. This is up against the Ds, of course. 97, 97, and a 23, which may have been, I assume, an injury game. Um, and that's an average of 72.33. Otherwise, it is an average of uh, discounting that game, 97 um, between Good the there, two baby. games. Oh, Fantastic, isn't it? Easy as. Um, <laughs> yeah, otherwise, I guess with, with LDU, if you got him, again, I, I'd, I like him as an option. But if you're someone with a flushed with the options there, with a Gorn up against LDU, mm. you go with Gorn 100%, surely. Um, but otherwise, I don't mind LDU as a VC option. Uh, maybe a C option. But again, if you're going VC, you'd need someone of a high caliber in either the St. Kilda Carlton game or Frio and Lions game. Mm. Got a few options. We'll talk about in a moment. Yeah. Yeah. Other side of the field, you got Christian Petrarca, 167, 114, the 78 and 160 in his last four against North uh, for an average of 129.75. And North are giving away quite a lot of points to, to midfielders. I mean, he's playing a bit more. Forward. forward, I don't know what, yeah, what they're doing forward of the ball. I'd have to check. Uh, North also giving away, yeah, quite a lot of points to general forwards as well. So, either way, good for Trishan Petraka. Yep, 100%. I yeah, like he's him. He's my captain um, this week, unfortunately. I don't have, um, don't have English, don't have Gorn, don't have anybody good. Um, yeah, I'm going Petrarca as my captain this week. Yep, I don't mind it. Well, on the weekend as well, I think he, it's um, good. even though he's been splitting his time between mid and forward, uh, he had 69%, which is his most uh, in very the nice. month. Uh, and very nice dinner for two, as we all know, uh, which is even better. So um, I can see what you're getting at there, Joe. <laughs> you pulled me up because normally I would be saying, I'd be saying, nice. Uh, very nice. Very nice. <laughs> Um, so yeah, this is my I mean, love a good Borat gag. Um, but yeah, I like him as well. And, and good old track. He has been scoring quite well, despite the forward split. And on the weekend, I think he only scored, was it one goal three from memory? Yeah, he did. Uh, thereabouts. Yeah. Um, it's got a one forty one, which is his highest score since round 12 when he scored a one fifty nine against my mob. Um, but every single week, he's virtually been hovering around about that 120 mark. So, again, captaincy territory. So, can't go too wrong. He's got the high floor. Hasn't really hit his ceiling, which I guess on the weekend, you could probably say that 141 is. Um, but Richmond give up uh, a few points to opposition. I guess the quality, more quality opposition mids historically as well. But, um, yeah, as you uh, roll through there, Liam, uh, North, very, very good matchup correlation there. Uh, let's move on to this next guy and kind of speaks for himself here. Maxi Gorn. Uh, probably don't don't even look at his uh, previous three games. 80, 89, and a 63. But prior to that, 212 uh, for an overall average of 111 across those four games. Um, but yeah, we spoke of him earlier. I think there's a matchup there. Uh, now that they're giving, I think they give you more ruck time still to, to Cherry over Goldstein. Goldstein's been more of a um, more of a negating type ruck historically where opposition rucks have struggled to actually score against him. Uh, but now that they're giving more ruck contest to Cherry, uh, I think it um, 
again, maybe bodes well with a positive correlation, uh, albeit Goldstein on the weekend, just having a look here, 57% compared 57%. to Cherry's 39 and then a th 53 the week prior um, to Goldstein and a 44 to Cherry. Um, so maybe they're just working out because uh, he had a couple of blunders, uh, especially against the Hawks when he played them when Goldstein, Goldstein wasn't playing. So, don't mind it, and it is gone after all. If he he's going to be outright ruck again, goes without saying. Um, so I think he's just an option. You've got to got to factor him in, and yeah, I'd be I'd be happy enough if I owned him to put the C on him. Yep, I agree. That's what I'd be doing yep. if I like owned it. him. If I had any trades, yep. when I owned him, <laughs> that hurts yep. even more. I can see you just like having your, v your own Vietnam flashbacks there, Joe. You just got the nods on, just nodding. <laughs> You're like, yep, <laughs> self-reflection. <laughs> the twitches. Oh, the Germans are coming. No, okay. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, moving, moving on. Uh, next game. St. Kilda up against Carlton. We've got Jack Steele, 54, 107, 158, 136 in his last four against... The uh, the Vegas the Blues, yeah, that's it. Thirteen point seven five is his average in those games. He's come back. I don't know what he scored yeah. on the weekend, though. Yep, but you can tell Joe that. Uh, can you tell that Liam's having his own Vietnam flashbacks as he's uh, he's like, yeah, he's come back. Yeah, he's come back. Uh, he traded him, yeah, out to Mills. I traded him to Mills. Literally the week that he went one forty. Yeah. And then he's gone. I I I'm pretty sure that one week when he scored 140 was what he was the total that he scored in my team over like 10 weeks. Do it. Let the hate flow. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering if you're going to be channeling there where you could put the hood on. I was like, what, what is it? What's he going to come out with? Uh, another, another Star Wars. Emperor yeah, <laughs> and you're like, good, good. <laughs> Embrace the, the hate. Force is strong in you. <laughs> <laughs> Let the hate flow through you. Um, yeah, like I think still he's come back. Trust me. Well and truly flowing. Yeah. Uh, but uh, his teammate, Jack Sinclair, he's another one to look at potentially. Mm. At 105, 150, 85, and a 95 in his last four against Carlton with an average of 108.75. To his credit, I think he actually um, scored quite well on the weekend. He got tagged a little bit uh, against the Hawks by that bloke, the noodle, um, Maginus, a.k.a. McGuinness. Um, uh, but I think that the tag was shed when the Hawks were going shit and um, he bounced back nicely. But... Yeah, I think Carlton historically, I think they've arrested that trend. Uh, I'll pull up in a moment, but um, they were conceding a heap of points to opposition wing defenders, where that kind of fits the bill for Sinclair. Um, bit of they a hybrid defender slash. Yeah, oh, they still do. Yeah. Yep. Um, so yeah, potentially maybe that's a it'd be a be a pod I think um, at that stage of the season. Something just rattles on my desk. What Interesting. There's something rattling. There might be a crow out there just tapping on the window. <laughs> Who knows? It's uh, the Germans. 
Oh my god! It's actually <laughs> Elon. He's yeah, finally no, come for you. Yeah. How dare you? Beep boop beep boop. I actually did see Tesla roll up in the other uh, drive, so it makes sense uh, as a conked out, rolled into the driveway. Um, we but uh, next... his rocket. Oh yeah, that's right. Should have uh, to the moon. Uh, anyway, to Mars Stadium. <laughs> it's my stadium. <laughs> Liam, round us out. Uh, who yeah. we got the second last player here? <laughs> the second last player is Lockie Neal. 124, 87, 171 and 79 in his last four against the Dockers. 115.25 is that average for him. Had a down one on the weekend being tagged by a tuk-tuk. Mm. Yep. The uh, running man. Yep, unfortunate there. Um, wouldn't have. And it's the last game of the round, so we can't possibly do it. We can't possibly put a scene. No, you in. can't. No, we've always said this, Joe. That's like it's an unspoken rule. I don't know where it came from, but we always feel like you can't do it. Yeah. It's uh, which I think I think we did it uh, early in the season with potentially Darcy when he was facing West Coast or something, and uh, went bananas. Of course, we're like, you can't do it, but you have to do it. So, yeah. But in this case, yeah, it's illegal. Does he? It's illegal. It's against it the is ball. illegal. You're not allowed. You're not allowed to do it. No, that might have been the FBI knocking on your door, actually. Um, yeah, suggesting, suggesting yeah. No, I don't know. I don't know. As as great as Lockie Neal is, and you know, is he playing at home or is he playing away this week? Uh, he's playing away. Uh, so it's at uh, Optus Stadium. Playing away? No, I only pick. I only pick Lockie Neal was playing at home. Yep, I agree. Yep. That'll that'll do. That'll do. That'll do, Lockie. That'll do. Um, let's round it out with uh, Josh Dunkley, of course. Um, he's scored in his past four against the Dockers. 109, 155, 87, and a 93 for an average of 111. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's returned in some very, very nice form since injury. Uh, 115 and a 133 on the weekend. I think that's the one thing as well that opposition teams can see how susceptible Neil is to the tag. So they go and tag him, which means there's more slice of the pie, as we always say, to go around mm. for dunks. So might bode well. I think of those two. Yeah. I'd be, uh, I'd be going for dunks if you want to, um, especially for, if you're in a, you know, I guess a head to head final um, league matchup here um, and you need to go a bit of a Hail Mary late in the, in the round. And uh, you know, your opposition has already used their, their VC or C. Um, he might be one to maybe throw the Hail Mary out. Maybe. Maybe. But um, <laughs> let's round out uh, this segment by jumping into our little captaincy head-to-head. Now, just to fill you in, Joe, um, and for those people tuning in for the first time, coming across from uh, uh, the Centre Bounce crew. And, of course, we forgot to mention from the very top as well. And do it now, by the way. You can do it at the very end as well when we uh, bid, you a, bid you adieu. But where can people find you, of course, on Twitter, Facebook, if you're on there, uh, and of course on YouTube. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I my personal Twitter is at chabby underscore Joe, so C H A W B Y underscore Joe from the Center Bounce. The Twitter handle for the Twitter Twitter handle for the Center Bounce. Yes, English works very well. Um, is at Center underscore Bounce. Uh, again, it is the YouTube channel, the Center Bounce, where we talk Super Coach, much like you guys. We also do some general football content as well. Uh, we pumped out a lot of uh, – did a team review for every single one of the teams last year over the preseason. Crazy. It was a lot of fun Ooh. to do. And um, every Sunday nights we have fan cams at 9 p.m. live where you can come onto our channel and talk to us directly oh. about how your footy team did 
during the week. So if you're sad, if you're happy, if you're in between, we love to hear from everybody at the Centre Bounce. Thank you so much, guys, for having me on so far. It's been great. Very nice. And uh, don't don't worry about uh, the lack of English because, as I said, I almost stuffed up then. But uh, this is titled, this episode, The English Lesson. So we're all giving ourselves a bit of a lesson uh, about all things English, player and language uh, all the time. And breakfast. Um, and, and breakfast, yeah. And, and tea, English tea as well. Mm. English, English breakfast tea, that's, that's very nice as well. Um, but uh, back to the point, uh, just to fill you in and everyone else that's tuning in uh, so they know where to, where to find yourself and Big J as well, of course. Um, but the uh, each week, Liam and I have a little captaincy head-to-head where we choose a player that we think is going to score the best. What's our best captaincy option heading into mm. the round? And uh, just to fill you in, um, the ledger has been... I guess not squared, but what's the, what's the ledge has been uh, advanced in my um, mm. in my side of the field. I've gone to 11 wins. Uh, Liam's on eight. And on the weekend, I ended up choosing English, my man, uh, who scored at 163. I didn't, I didn't choose English in my own team because I'm an idiot. But hopefully those people tuning in did likewise and put the VC or the C on him. Um, and Liam went for my first option because he had the first pick. So we alternate who has the first pick each week as well. Right. So Liam had the first pick. Last episode, he went for Sicily. I went for English. So I would have thought Sicily would have blown English out of the park, but wasn't to be. So English 163, Sicily 102, and um, delivered me the goods, gifted me the win, and extended the overall points margin in my favor to 249 points. And as I said, I just wish I followed my own lead. Again, followed my heart. Listen to <laughs> your heart. And VC'd him. But no, I'm an absolute idiot. So why would I do that? So it is what it is. But Liam... I have the first choice this week, don't I? Yes, and I know who you're going to pick. <laughs> well, the other rule I forgot to mention is the fact that you can't choose the same player back-to-back consecutively. So because I chose English last last round, I can't choose him mm-hmm. again this round. Otherwise, I'll, That's I'll okay. 100%. That's all right. 100%. So hmm, who would I go this time around, potentially? Who would I go? I was eyeing off Rory Led. Or Rory Squared, as we like to call him, because of his square head. Surely not Rory. We're going to be going for Zachary. Good old Zach Merritt. Have to do it. Lock him in. Um, Interesting. Interesting. Yep. And as you lock that in, I'm locking in Max Gorn. I was gifting him that because... Oh, there was oh, a no, week. I don't want him now. I don't want Gee, no, that is now. that is that is abuse right there. Cop this I was, backhand. I am you choosing... can have Max Gorn. Oh, I was boy. I was throwing a bit of a bit of burly out there. I knew that would have thrown you for a lip because there was a week prior where I wanted to choose English, and I thought I actually had the first. I think it was like two weeks ago, and or three weeks ago. And anyway, I I ended up. I was like, I know who I'm going to go for. I'm going to go for English, and. Liam was like, no, I feel bad now because we worked out that Liam had the first choice. So Liam right, was like, right. I feel bad. I'll let you have English. And English ended up coming out. And I think it was the game where he scored 170 yeah, odd or whatever it was. Nuts. Yeah. Absolutely bananas. So um, I need to pay it forward, as it were. So oh, Take it, Liam. Take it and yeah. run, mate. Maxi oh, Gord is going to go mate. this week. Yeah, no, he is, isn't he? Like... <laughs> you got you to take it, man. All right, I'm taking it. I'm taking yeah. it. It was. Maxi it was Gord. the game. It was the game. Uh, Max Gord is going to like, I don't know, get subbed off tactically in the first minute now. And 
That's going to be an, on zero, on minus five. It was it was the game against Sydney, like the Bulldogs yeah. game against Sydney when he was facing, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Amadi and McLean when Hickey was omitted. And I was saying to Liam, I was like, oh, I'll go, for, I'll go for English. And then worked out that he had the first choice. And he was like, no, yeah. no, no, you go for him. So he actually passed up a 173 score. <laughs> so I feel bad. I feel like I need to gift him someone. Make, make sense. Makes sense. So, very, very all... kind, very noble. <laughs> you said Shubari uh, was dead. Yeah, exactly right. But I do like Zachary Merritt as well. So um, I do. I probably uh, would have been my second option. Yeah, I think against West Coast it's hard to pass up, even though it is Gorney. Um, but yeah, is what it is. So before we delve into uh, a few hard hitting questions with you, uh, Joe, any any uh, well, who are your who are your favourite VC and C options? Do you, have you looked at that far ahead as yet? Yeah, love Zachy Merritt. Um, mentioned him before, Zach Merritt, as you guys have also mentioned, against West Coast, it's impossible not to go with him. Uh, if you don't own Max Gorn and you're one of the many that own Petrarca, he's also a great option this week. Um, also depends, I guess, a little bit also on whether or not they call up Clayton Oliver, because apparently Clayton mm. Oliver is medically fit to come in this week. So whether or not they risk him against North Melbourne, Probably, I don't think they will, but at the same time, it could be a good game for him to just come in for a little bit and then get subbed off, perhaps. So, I don't know. That's going to be an interesting one. But I do like Petrarca. I do like Merritt. Mm. Uh, I do like, obviously, Maxi Gorn. English is also a ripping option uh, in terms of, yeah, I mean, pff, those are the those are the guys, right? I think they're the ones that clearly scream out to you. Uh, Sheasel could also be a left-wing option there. Um, I imagine that the forward line, their back line uh, at West at North Melbourne are going to get a lot of supply. And um, Mel- Melbourne tend to suck in front of goal in terms of their accuracy. Last week was a bit of an anomaly. For some reason, the wet weather suited them in terms of their accuracy. They, I think they might be better if they play blindfolded um, by the looks of things. So, <laughs> um, yeah, they might start missing again down at... They're playing in Tasmania this week. So... Swirly breeze could miss a lot. Shazel could get a lot of kick-ins. So if you really want out of this world option, there's Harry Shazel. There you go. Well, I'll uh, be following that closer to see how uh, how things unfold. But yeah, there's a few options as you mentioned that are pretty uh, decent and strong candidates for this VC and the C. Um, so before we bid you adieu and uh, farewell, you Joe, because we've uh, we've absolutely loved having you on. Goes without saying. Um, We've got a got a few hard hitting questions. Not that hard hitting, actually, um, but hard hitting, super hard hitting. If I had a light here, I'd be shining it into the camera, um, <laughs> into you. Um, but to round us out, I feel as though yeah, we should pick your, pick your brain a little bit more in terms of you know key strategic takeaways and learnings from the 2023 season thus far. You know, is there anything that you've you know? comes down to whether or not you've actually started assessing your season as it was but is there any sort of key takeaways that you've learned thus far that you're going to be taking forward into 2024 and beyond whether it be in relation to using boosts conserving trades or using trades um, more you know how you manage your bench cover all that sort of stuff like what what are your key takeaways uh, out of this season yeah no i have started thinking about it um and especially it's, it's quite easy to do when your most glaring obvious weakness has been right staring at you right from the start, and that is my starting team. Um, I didn't flag it earlier in this episode when I was on when I was talking before that I went with a bit more of a mid-price 
heavier strategy to start the year. Wasn't quite sure how the new sub rule was going to be affecting the rookies and whether or not we're going to have a lot of good rookies. So I thought I would mitigate my exposure by, um, you know, I paid up for Rory Laird and I thought I would also supplement the rest of the list with a bunch of mid prices who I think are likely to play out the whole game and not get subbed out. Uh, it turns out that really wasn't a very optimal way to go about it. You still need to have a lot of good rookies that are going to make you a lot of money uh, and just keep your cash gen going throughout the year. Having those mid prices um, is pretty risky, and especially when they don't come off well. Not only are you very far behind in terms of your uh, your scoring, it also sucks that you have to use up a bunch of trades to correct your team um, and to get in the players that you otherwise probably should be having, like your Harry Sheasels. I was out on the beach and didn't realize that he was playing in defense, so um, had to use a trade to get him into my side. So I think I might be going starting my team next year a bit more guns and rookies not maybe not entirely if, if there's any mid prices who i think haven't played uh, a lot of footy or someone who has fallen a lot in terms of price due to them not playing a lot like i'll be looking at callum mills i think next year as someone who um would obviously be at a very reduced price tag he's been certainly managed by the swans having had a lot of injury concerns this year. I think if he can show in the preseason that he's up to full fitness, he's someone that I'd like to play. Uh, I'm also going to probably be a bit more, I suppose, bolder in selecting the guy, the likes of Tim English, who I predicted was going to be the number one ruck in the, in the comp, but I simply didn't pick him out of fear that, of his injury concerns and injury history. Um, and I, But we said it so many times on our channel that... If you're going to have an injury-prone player, it's always best to start them because you don't waste a trade later down the track. To You trade them in and then you waste a trade to trade them back out again. So I'm thinking also, though, at the same time, you're going to do a cost... Uh, cost uh, what was it called? Uh, the pros and cons, I suppose. A uh, cost-benefit analysis. Yeah. Um, and whenever, whenever you're trying to make your decision and, uh, you know, you gotta you got to have some reasoning behind it that... You know, paying up over $700,000 for a player in Rory Laird was something that I probably won't ever do again. I don't think it's worthwhile starting someone at that price point when you know for sure they're not going to be able to maintain it. I think I'm going to be playing a bit more Guns and Rookies next year, but also um, having more premiums that are, I suppose, better for their price point that I know they're going to go up in price. I'm going to try and play the value game a bit more next year as opposed to being a bit greedy and uh, and being very risky with, with my starting profile team. I was happy to use my boost last year really early. I thought, um, you know, being able to, I saw them as extra correction trades that I could use to get the important players that I needed and it held me in great stead. And in terms of my cover this year, I don't really have great cover. I tend to have just, um, I thought I had some decent cover by way of rookies, um, like Seamus Mitchell, for example, who was pumping out some really good scores. Um, also had, you know, Matt Johnson, who was giving some good scores as well. Bailey Humphrey was giving some good scores before he suddenly fell off a cliff. So I thought I had decent cover, but clearly rookies can't be trusted to maintain that sort of scoring throughout the whole year. I would certainly be happy next year to be a bit more aggressive in terms of finding better bench coverage like that Rory Laird, not Rory Laird, like the um, Ben Keys, for example, type of player who presented as great option 
didn't break the bank, but you knew it could be a very decent um, and serviceable bench coverage. So that's something yeah. that I'll be hoping to implement next year. Yeah. And I guess I know, I know there's still four, four weeks remaining this season, um, but we do all tend to look forward to next year, 2024. Are there any players that you've got your eye on early? Obviously you mentioned Mills, um, but I probably, I guess we're probably all interested in the forward line because it's going to be pretty bare next year. That's right. Um, all of our mid forwards that we love are going to be mid eligible only probably. So mm-hmm. have you had much, many thoughts about that as well? Yeah, I I sort of raised it in one of the streams earlier in the year, uh, maybe a couple of weeks back, and it's like, holy crap, there's going to be no one. What's going on? And, um, could Darcy Cameron end up being F1 for the year next year? And, um, <laughs> yeah. The, the, the way we're going. Um, yeah, it is it is going to be pretty bare in the forward line. And I think it also it just, at the same time, I think it makes it easier because the number of options there are going to be a lot less. And they're going to be a lot more obvious, the right ones to pick, I suppose, because given how small the sample size is, whereas we're going to have a lot of midfielders next year. I think just simply having so many options, it makes it harder, I think, to choose amongst all of them which one is the best option. Whereas when you've got a very shallow pool, it's very easy to see the to see the bottom, to see this, you know, the the ocean, the ocean floor, and you can you can. It's very easy to see through it, so to speak. I'm trying to use some deep analogy here, but I do like it. I might be I might be yeah. completely butchering this. I'm sorry, but um, do you when, like it? you're going into Titanic analysis <laughs> when you have so many mids, whereas with the forward line, because we're going to have so few options, it's going to be really easy. All right, these guys are the ones set and forget almost. Mm. Um, I, I'm, I'm more excited about the midfield, to be honest. We're going to have so many new mids next year mm. that are mid-onlys, and it's like, oh, you're really going to have to nail the best ones out there because um, there are so many options, so many different combinations, and mm. that's that's what I'm most looking forward to next year. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, isn't it? Like just looking through the top scorers, I think all, all the players in pretty much most of our sides, I believe, in the forward line, that I reckon is going to be the area of the ground for pretty much everyone where it's untouched. The the players that we started with at the start of the season are still there. Like for me, for example, like Dunkley's still there, Goulden's yeah. still there, Rosie's still there, Cog's still there, um, and Taranto. Taranto. So, I mean, Cog, sorry, I traded in. So it was Taranto, Dunks, Goulden, and Rosie I started as my starting sort of four primos. And I think a lot of people would have started with them. Mm. So it kind of, I don't know, I'm kind of, uh, I'm thinking that it might, diversify more people's teams. I mean, there's there might be Heaney as another one who might come back into calculations. Petrarca, potentially, he might be the, the big dog if he um, keeps yeah. his, his forward percentage for the remainder of the year. Um, Dcam, as you mentioned. So maybe there's going to be, again, like a core, core three, core four, as it were. Um, and then whoever we build out around that might diversify the rest of uh, our team. So, yeah, there might be a bit more variance. And then, as you said as well, with uh, regards to those players that – will now be exclusively midfielders as opposed to mid-forwards. Again, opens up the amount of pool um, of players we can choose from in the midfield. So, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting, uh, that's for sure. So looking forward to that. It's going to be an extra challenge, I think, um, Mm. across both lines as to who we go for and who we lock in. But uh, must mention as well, and uh, Lee won't mention it himself because he's too humble to do so, but uh, we asked this very same question ourselves in, I think it was the last episode of twenty twenty. Uh, well, last year, 2022, of course. Uh, I forgot the year. Um, <laughs> but uh, 
just in terms of which players we're looking at very closely. And Liam, to his credit, mentioned Errol Goulden. And I, I was like... I'm not too yeah. humble. I'll literally tell everyone that. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. I was at the time I was like, yeah, maybe he might get, cause he was starting to get a few extra CBAs and stuff and was performing quite well, but not to the quality of what he is now. Um, but there was li- little glimmers there and Liam saw that. And um, again, that's just the insight that we get from the mind of the man that is Liam. So uh, yeah, Sports very, very good. The crystal ball. Ex- oh, yeah, exactly. Uh, it's true. Uh, Sheldrick is one I'd be very keen to start next mm. year. Oh, it's very true. Very true. There are a couple of rookies that have unearthed themselves as, you know, potential candidates, um, you know, as, as starters potentially. So, yeah, it's going to be uh, going to be interesting. Interesting days. Um, you, if you Price in the midfield, we'll be, we'll be looking at, might be looking yeah. at Kieran Briggs in the ruck if he can maintain this, get another preseason under his belt. I like Kieran Briggs in the ruck. Um, if, if, if English keeps this up and he's over 700k, I'm not going to do it. I, I, I yeah. um, I'm, I'm not, I'm not paying $700,000 for any player anymore. That's probably one of the big lessons I've learned from, um, you just, it just, it just takes away from your building of your team. So, um, it, it might, it might be gone, but I probably, it might be another, it might be a bit too old. If Jack, if Darcy leaves Frio and it's just Luke Jackson by himself, then it could be Luke Jackson for me. Um, Brody Grundy, if he goes to Port, for example. Brody Grundy, if he goes to Port, could be really interesting as well. Uh, if Sean Darcy does go to Geelong, then he's also a massive mm. um, shout out as well. So, a lot has to play out over this pre over this off season mm. with um, player movements and stuff. Yep, I like it. 100%. Uh, always got an eye on uh, next season, especially at the, this stage of the year uh, with a few of us out of contention for the overall, obviously, but um, uh, as we sort of come towards the finish line. Um, and lastly, Joe, there's been some discussion on Twitter, especially about the future of Supercoach and how it could perhaps be modified heading into 2024 and beyond. Is there anything you had in mind that could help improve the game? I know there was there was one that was mentioned, um, I think it was by SDS Supercoach, um, mm-hmm. SDS, he's a he's a he's a great uh, fellow. Uh, Love Steve, he's creator. a good man. He bats for Hawthorne, but no one no one's perfect. It's okay. <laughs> Just like me, exactly. Um, but yeah, he um he he threw up the I think it was something to do with like utilizing a utility um role or something similar to that where they would the player you'd have sort of outside of your list um and would be able to be subbed on uh, at the expense of a player that's either been suspended or injury. They kind of, I was thinking about it a bit more and I was like, okay, well, you kind of had to put parameters around it. And in my eyes, it would like only work if you could sub on a player for someone that had either an injury designation or suspension. Yeah. Um, yeah. Otherwise, you can't use them uh, outside your list. So I think it'll kind of help with the longevity of, you know, I guess, super coach with the amount of people that drop off. I think they might stay on yeah. for longer if there's that option there. Um, okay. Just because I think the luck element is kind of, especially this year, as we've seen with the amount of suspensions through the ridiculous bloody, you know, tackling rule um, yeah. as it was like, it's, it's kind of, it has ruined super coach in a way apart from ruining football as a whole. But, um, you know, I think that's maybe one thing that could help out. Is there anything that you've had in mind or, or are you a fan of that, uh, that concept? Um, I do like that. I, I do like that because um, injuries that, I mean, cause I understand that there is some luck involved, Um even just with your starting team in general, you know, making sure that you have good players in there and the right rookies, um, and that's part of, and that's part of the reason why Supercoach gives you those first three weeks 
to make the to make the adjustments that you need to make for your starting team because there are things that are out of your control out of your hand and that you only you can only wait until the games actually start before you discover what the what the reality is but injuries that happen during the course of the game where it was a right selection you were right to pick Josh Kelly at the beginning of the year because he was on fire you know what I mean? Like he was a great pick. He's a great player. He's playing for a great team, making good scores. And then all of a sudden he gets taken out. Or you picked up Jeremy Cameron a few weeks ago. And in the first yeah. quarter, he's been cussed by his teammate. Like yeah. it was the right call, but an act of God came in and intervened. And all of a sudden your team is now in the lurch. So I do I do like that, having the ability to, to mitigate some sort of unfortunate circumstance. If he's been tagged, that's bad luck. You, you could have foreseen the list changes, yeah. for example. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's something you can predict yeah. and you can build around and you can work around. But when it comes to an injury that's entirely out of your control, especially if it's a collision injury, that yeah. it is not even soft tissue, someone who's, you know, you, you can't look at history for that. So yeah. I do like that um, suggestion. Another way that you can keep players uh, engaged for longer is to add more trades. That always, um, that always helps. People uh, always find ways to burn through trades, especially now <laughs> with all of these injuries and we've added extra round we've added an extra round now we've gathered around so they've they've given us one extra trade um the boosts were great i like the boosts i think mm. they should stay i think five is a good number of boosts to be mm. honest yep. i don't think there's a need to change that um but yeah if you just want a minor change then you could add a couple more trades uh if you want a more structural change i think um, that would be more worthwhile and meaningful. I do like that utility player in the case of injuries. Um, I, I do think that's a great one. Yep. There was another one as well, which uh, someone mentioned about uh, utilizing your salary cap to potentially like purchase another trade. Mm, um, yeah. Everyone starts with the same salary cap, obviously, right. but um, the amount of salary cap that your, I guess, team value at the end of the year is dictated by the appreciation and depreciation of you know players' pricing fluctuations. So I guess it, it does reward you if you are that savvy player that um, you know buys low, sells high type stuff. You know the old stock market uh, analogy yeah. um, or process. So yeah, I guess it pays into that strategy a bit more. Um, so I don't mind that. Um, yeah, that's sort of another thing that's been thrown up in terms of you know if you're savvy enough, uh, it rewards you, whereas as opposed to providing extra trades outright means that people are going to be burning through those trades no matter what. Um, Scott Father, as we know, um, Habs Magic, uh, great uh, great bloke as he is. Uh, love his content and helped us out as well in terms of giving us shout, shout outs and stuff and everything else across the journey. He uh, He's renowned for burning through his trades and that's, that's his process. That's kind of what he goes through. Um, but I think he admits himself that, you know, uh, his, his way of burning through trades isn't conducive to the longer form side of super coach um and it's more tied in with luck um yeah so yeah i i don't mind i mean if they were introducing more trades i think they still need some parameters around it just to sort of so it's still a level playing field but to provide longevity so people don't just burn through the extra trades as it as it were which i'm a i'm a trade holic as it were and uh, i'd find very very hard to not burn through them but I've been playing super coach for 18 plus years now and I've learned it's taken me a long, long while to, to learn, mm. but in recent seasons, like just the, the importance of keeping trades and even more than that, like bench cover, which you, you mentioned earlier um, in the, the first question. Um, so yeah, it's um, 
it's something to think about, I think, and we'll we'll probably um, yeah. discuss it from here on out as well. Um, looking I forward to next year. One that's sort of just popped into my mind, I don't know, is um, I, there, it's it's the allure of playing this game, um, and even with people who want to play fantasy, um, just it's it's the trading that makes it so exciting and um you know being able to upgrade your team and you know buying low selling high it, it's a really exciting thing it could be a, it could be another thing to reward someone by not using a trade that week if by not trading in a particular week you actually end up banking you could end up banking a trade um and being able to use one of them in the next week so if you if you don't use a trade for example in round two um, because you you maintain your team, because you didn't use a trade in round two, you can now basically ah. use get access to using an extra trade the following week, for example, so without using trade, the boost. Yeah. Yep. You know what I mean? So yeah. it could be a yeah, way I to do. also help uh, incentivize you. Like, hey, if you're able to hold off on using a trade this week, look forward to next week because then you'll be able to do an extra trade without yeah, using okay. a boost. And you can yeah, use your boost. Down, down the track. So that could be another way to incentivize you to to stick around uh, and to look forward to, to future rounds. Use keep keep your boosts in reserve, um, and those boosts can come in really handy. For example, during the buys and things like that. So for people who are able to, you know, who have a decent starting team, you know, then and they don't have to use trades. For example, in round two, then it can give them a big leg up. Same thing in round three or round four. At those rounds, you're not really trading too much anyway. So if you're able to to have a situation where you're not trading in a particular week, you can then get an extra one the next week and boost as well. And then you can end up doing doing three, four trades in a particular week. So I don't know. It's a different mechanic. I'm not sure how they would um, how the algorithm would work, yeah. but um, I mean, it's uh, it's something different, I suppose. Yep. Yeah. No, I like it. No, it's, it's one of those things, isn't it, where I think the more that uh, the more trades that my idea as well is that like the more trades, if they just add an on like an extra trade or two um, to your allocation for next year, it kind of is veering towards almost the AFL fantasy side of things where it's almost like unlimited trades and it's a trade every single week, no matter um, no matter what, where because I used to play um, Dream Team back in the day before it became AFL Fantasy. And I loved that side of it where mm. it was limited trades. You had to be strategic. You have to really think about whether or not you bring in a player at the expense of eating into your trade allocation. Whereas now I still play AFL fantasy, but I don't enjoy it. It's literally just to, just to itch that, uh, that, that trigger finger that I have when it comes to trading. Yeah. Um, but that's one thing I love about super coach and why I sort of stepped across to super coach mm. when dream team became the unlimited version of AFL fantasy, because it's that, that mindset of just thinking forward as opposed to being in the present. Oh, I'll trade out this player, trade in this player and not worrying about how many trades you got in the bank. Um, I really like yeah. the strategic side of things. So if they can help preserve that whilst preserving, I guess, the longevity of, you know, people playing super coach, then uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's really hard, isn't it? Like finding that, that balance and fine tuning it. But yeah. I do wonder whether they could almost have, I don't know how this would work necessarily, but like a tiered system. So like maybe beginners can come in and they have, they have like you can almost play how you want. Like you have you have a version where you know there is unlimited trades basically. Maybe there's a different version where you have a few trades, a few trades less, and another version where you do get, you know, twenty trades only or something, something ridiculous. 
Um, so but was, limited trades can't get access to the 50K. No, yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. Yeah, diff- different exactly. Tiered prizes yeah, different tiers or different tiered prizes or no prize for something like that. So yeah. you wouldn't obviously, you can't compete. You wouldn't be competing against someone. If you do the, if you do the unlimited trades, you're not competing against someone doing like 20 trades. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You're only competing in your own tier. But I guess maybe that might boost numbers. And maybe you can play across the different versions as well. Like if you do want to play, you want to have a team that is unlimited, one team that's mm-hmm. 20. Surely it's it's not that hard to implement because, you know, when you first sign up and make your team for the year, it, it asks you whether or not you're yeah. beginner, intermediate or yeah. expert. That's and right. so I guess the system's already built. So all they'd need to do in the back end, if, I mean, I'm talking in layman's terms here, it's probably super difficult when it comes to data and all of that, but just divvying up like based upon what they've selected at the start of the year um, ranks upon, you know, which section of or which tier of super coach they're allocated into. Um, and yeah, it'll, it'll, I reckon it'll be a really, that's a really good suggestion. I reckon Liam, because that would tap into the AFL fantasy market because that's the big shtick about that is that like, okay, you got unlimited trades. I don't know if you've uh, listened to or heard uh, Moria's magic um, Selby, who's he's won AFL fantasy twice over and he played super coach for the first time last year and finished 10th overall. His methodology crosses over Supercoach and AFL Fantasy. Um, obviously, two different strategies across both. Mm. But um, again, that's the sort of he was. He always talks about like the the strategy with Supercoach and being the limited trade side of things. Whereas with Fantasy, um, you know, I guess people love the fact that you're able to trade every single week. And like you mentioned earlier, that's kind of the the one thing that keeps you going and then keeps it interesting. So yeah, maybe that might be an easy way for Herald Sun and Supercoach and all of that to, to tap into AFL Fantasy's market and steal away some of their um some of their their I guess customers I think or clients, whatever you want to call them. I think as well, like it's intimidating for a first time supercoach player to like jump mm. in like yeah. it's a long season. As you said, if you once you like I mean like we're doing this like I've got no trades left. I'm mm. not going to finish first. I'm struggling probably to win any of my v- my leagues. Um, like my attention span is waning and I'm doing a podcast yeah. every week. So like yeah. think about someone who's playing for the first time. I think they're just, there's thing ways around it. You've got to think, I think, around that. And it's just a way of easily stepping in for someone who is wanting to play for the first time. But yeah, 30 trades yeah. or whatever, 35 trades or whatever it is, could be intimidating for someone. Imagine yep. if there's little milestones, little checkpoints along the way in the season where if, you're, if, where if you've been able to to keep playing, mm. you get like an extra two trades, for example, at some point. Like as opposed to having it all be extra trades at the start, yeah. um, you could end up maybe like in a quarter, each quarter of the way along the season, mm you reach a checkpoint, you get an extra trade. Because, yeah, I mean, you look because you look at the AFL, there is the the mid-season draft. Yeah. yeah. Yep. You know, like in terms of um, picking up some mature age talent, why not have something similar in Supercoach where you're able to get an extra two trades, for example, middle of the year, at around that point in time? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I like it. It's, uh, it's a great idea, I think, as well, that – Again, everyone will be on the same level playing field and having that in the back of your mind is like, it's like like when the boost we introduce, it's like, okay, well, everyone has got the same advantage. Um, how do you best utilize it? So again, like it'd be, okay, well, I reached that checkpoint. Do you think, okay, well, depending on how many trades I've used, do I use it early or do I bank it? 
if I can, um, based upon if you've had some luck with injuries and suspensions, all that sort of stuff. And those people yep. hard hit by suspensions and injuries, that would obviously turn through it. So it comes down to circumstance, but again, adds in a bit of a, you know added layer of strategy. So no, I like it. That's a, that's so a it's good not suggestion just, as well. Yeah. It's not just trades for the sake of trades because finishing yeah. a team, it, it's certainly, cap- you, you, you know, you don't need all of those trades to finish your team. Yeah. It's because... They've now added an extra round to the season. The season now is longer than ever, and you're finding at this point of time, a lot of teams aren't going in with full bills of health. A lot, yeah. a lot of these players are playing injured. A lot of these teams have got their best personnel out. I mean, look at Carlton, right? I mean, you guys don't have you don't have Sammy Walsh, and mm. for a lot of people, a lot of people own Sam Walsh. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's mm. you're in a situation where you would have. You know, there's been so many suspensions and injuries along the way that you get to this point of the season. You've got a finished team and you have cover. You know what I mean? Like you've got like Brayshaw, you've got like Sarong, um, Tom Green, Rory Laird, all sitting on the bench because all three of them are out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that that was a lot of people's benches last week because they were all out. Yeah. And it's just like, gee, what can you do? You know, like it's the season's longer and it's drawing out more injuries and obviously, with that, with how strict the season, the umpiring has been, and the MRO, the more suspensions we're getting as well. So, mm. if, if unless they find a way, maybe to add an extra slot on the bench, mm, yeah. um, extra cover, because at this point, because it's it's a different game almost uh, the way the AFL is being adjudicated. I also question whether more trades is bad. And I say it in the to this in the perspective of I think I listened to um, an AFL fantasy podcast in the preseason and they spoke about the fact that having limited trades is bad because um, and I was like oh yeah you just don't like it because obviously everyone loves trading like it's great yeah, yeah. Um, but then they were like no it's their their logic was it means that you have to play more safe so you can't take you won't take a risk because. You've got one. You, you don't want to take a risk if you've got limited trades, mm-hmm. um, and I actually think that's a really valid point. Like, if you're at this stage of the season and you're like fifth, you want to you want to do something crazy to like be mm-hmm. able to catch up. But if you've got limited trades, you're probably going, oh no, I don't want to. I don't want to fall away too much. But if you've got unlimited trades, you're like, yep, I'll bring. Well, in, I can understand. I'll I can bring understand, in Flanders. Yeah, I can understand the idea of being safe and having limited trades because that's what it's like in AFL at the AFL mm. in every professional team. Like, mm. you don't want to just draft and trade in players willy nilly, just you know, risk risky selections. You know what I mean? Like every every player on your team is an asset, and Super Coach is sort of trying to reflect that. And I can understand, you know, this is this is the style, and you can be as risky as you want to be. Of course, it's going to be. You know, you can be in like an abs, for example. You can be like a slot yeah. father who is fairly risky. Um, now, he took his strategy and he finished fourth last year. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, and he had like four weeks of donuts. So you, you can certainly be risky because, you know, it's high, high uh, risk, high reward. Yeah. And at the end of the day, all you're giving up in this game, you're not paying real money apart from if you get super coach gold. Um, but you're not really losing much. Mm. Out, out of yourself out of your mind apart from your time and your effort yeah um yeah. of course which is which is priceless there i say you know what i mean but um <laughs> at the same time you you can play the game as you like it there's no yeah. i'm not sure if there's one particular right way to do it mm. um because I, I don't think i'll ever finish fourth <laughs> and i'm nowhere near as aggressive as abs um yeah. so you know it's 
I, I think it gives everyone their own personality and their own style of playing, which is very unlike in fantasy where everyone's just basically yeah. doing the same thing. Yeah, well, that's you've you've uh, you've actually touched on a point um, I was about to make just with regards to off the back that you mentioned, uh, Liam, with Mario's magic, uh, Selby, he was saying that uh, this time of year, normally it would be the case where a lot of people are trying to make up ground by differentiating their team by bringing in a lower owned player, similar to like what we discussed during this episode and, you know, trying to get in pods. But with that, you kind of need to do it in order to make up ground. And that's the set strategy every single year. Um, unlike which you just mentioned there with super coaches at the, mo- at the moment, anyway, you can aggressively be trade. You can, you know, you can be more conservative. There's no one style to play. Mm. Um, and I think with fantasy at the moment this year, every single person's virtually got the same team because they've been gifted like in super coach, as we mentioned earlier in the forward line, the likes of Rosie Dunkley, Taranto, all these guys, which people already have, which are the high scorers. So there's no reason to go for these other lower owned players because they're not going to score as well. So I think AFL fantasy to that point is more formulaic because there's unlimited trades. Um, whereas yeah, super coach, I like that element of it where you can, you can have a style of play, but no one style of play is going to be the formula for winning every single year. So I don't, exactly. I don't, don't mind it. Don't mind it. So it's, it's a good discussion point, I think. And um, yeah, I'd lo- like to see some sort of middle ground where, yeah, people um, are rewarded in some way, shape or form for the longer they play and just, yeah, extending it out. Cause yeah, I do understand the frustration with injuries and especially this season with suspensions. I think without these suspensions that we've had, I think it, it's pretty much on par with previous seasons, but this season mm. is like a different beast, you know, COVID year aside. But yeah, um, yeah it's just um, just one of those things, isn't it? It's always going to be up for discussion. Mm. And they're always reviewing, to their credit, uh, the guys in the back end of Supercoach and uh, asking for feedback and whatnot. And that's why they brought in the boost. So, yeah, I think going forward, there will be something that they'll bring in to help, hopefully help um, the longevity of the game and the common Supercoach player. Um, so we can't... The more we can't. Sorry to cut you off the demo, but we can't forget that the longer you play, you are still, you do have an incentive and there is a reward that you have that people who drop out don't have. And that is an extra shot every week at winning the weekly. Yeah. If you drop out halfway through the year, there is no chance that your unfinished team is going to be in the running for the weekly prize. But as long as you keep playing, and you're and you're building your team and you're improving your team every chance you get, and you now your captaincy option that week, you could walk away two thousand dollars richer. And yeah, that that is that is a, an opportunity that if you drop out, you you automatically rule yourself out of. Whereas those of you that can persist to the end, you get twenty four shots at it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly right. And that's that's part of the reason why they've got the weekly, I think. And yeah, a lot of people lose sight of that. And that's a very good point. Uh, every single week in contention, like I almost, I've finished 19th for the round uh, yeah, the other week. And that's, I've never come that close ever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it really does put paid to that uh, that point where you're always in the uh, always in the running no matter what. So um, yeah, there's that incentive for playing uh, for week to week as well. But uh, Joe, we could talk about this uh, for, for days on end, I reckon. Uh, and um, I guess it probably suggests that we're, we should have you back uh, sometime soon, which we'd love to have you, of course, if you are keen to come back, of course. Um, but, uh, you know, must say, thank you so much for uh, for your time. You've 
I think you've, you've been on for about an hour and a half, um, probably longer. Um, so really do appreciate you taking the time out of your, uh, your night to come on and entertain us, uh, but also provide your insights and uh, expertise uh, alongside, well, probably more expertise uh, than Liam and I, uh, uh, but banter on par at least. Um, so really do appreciate uh, everything, mate. And uh, would love to have you on board yet again, if you can. Oh, absolutely. I really appreciate you guys. Um, you do some great work and looking forward to, to messaging you with the congratulations on winning on hitting a thousand subscribers. I'm sure oh, you, it's just around the corner. You guys do some great work. It's been an absolute pleasure coming on. Um, absolutely would love to come on another point in time if, you, if you're happy to have me. And we'd also love to have you come over, come on over to the Centre Bounce as well um for not even just about super coach it could also just be about general footy stuff our team liam and i look we're most <laughs> likely not going to be playing in finals this year but i'm sure the oh, blue backers that are going to be up and about and happy to talk about about footy as well so massive love to the both of you guys really appreciate it no thanks joe and uh, give, give yourselves a, you. a bit of a plug i've tried to pop it up on the screen there i might have misspelled something there but um no that's all uh, right that is all perfectly it. fine that's us on youtube the center bounce uh, Big J and myself, we run that. Uh, we have uh, live streams every Monday night at 7.30 and Thursdays at 5.30 for Team Sheets reactions. And then, of course, on the Sundays at 9 o'clock, we've got the fan cams where you guys can come on and talk to us directly and have your face up in lights. Uh, I'm Chubby Joe on Twitter and Big J handles the Bounce Centre Twitter page. So please check us a follow and head on over to the Centre Bounce. Very nice. Well, uh, and speaking of Big J, he's actually messaged through because I did message uh, the main Center Bounce Twitter account, of course, and then I slid into your yeah. DMs and uh, said, oh, do you want to come on? And uh, he finally actually replied back, uh, what, two hours ago. Hey, mate, sorry, I missed this. <laughs> <laughs> so he's here yeah. in spirit. Uh, he's he's yeah, there next spirit. to you. Typical Big J yeah. fashion, honestly. It's uh, no, he's a great guy. I love doing love, love doing it with him. Um, and yeah, you two, you also have a great combination. Well done, you two. Honestly, you've been you've been great to watch this year. Thank you. And uh, for Thank anyone you. listening, tuning in, of course. Uh, head across to the Centre Bounce on YouTube. Uh, give them a like, give them a follow, give them a subscribe, all that sort of stuff, and give them some love. Jump on their fan cam. Uh, they do some absolutely fantastic stuff there um, and a great combination. Um, Big J and yourself, What do you have a nickname? Apart from, hello, Joe, which it should be from now on. <laughs> yeah, look, I, I get... I, I love, um, you know, Joe's a very flexible name. So, yep. um, and that's part of the running gag that we've got on our channel uh, different different viewers call me big uh, either Big Joe or Medium Joe or Little Joe or uh, I, I, I've asked for maybe a Maximus Joe perhaps. Oh no one had, yes, no, no, one, no one's done that one just yet. But um, uh, sometimes I get Joey. Look, I I, I, I live to please. Uh, I'm a very yeah. I'm a very happy person, and um, if saying my name in whatever form makes you happy, then I've done my job. I reckon. I like I like Maximus. That's uh got the element of um uh, the good old gladi gladiator, you know. Like, exactly. Uh, yes. Yeah, I am the Russell Crowe of Supercoach. <laughs> I will have you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we might roll with uh hello, hello, Joe. Um, good old Simpsons reference there. So, uh, I really appreciate your time. Um, stick around though. Um, in the back end because we are recording here. We don't normally do this through Streamyard. And it says that you need to stay in the back end whilst it up, finishes uploading or something. I don't know. You you boys are probably more in line with this when you have guests on. Um, yeah. So hopefully uh, it uh, uploads properly. But uh, we'll put you in the um, back in the green room and we will spare you 
some uh, some time because we're just going to go through our, um, I guess the uh, the happenings in our leagues. So you don't have to stick around for that. But thank you so much, mate, and uh, really do appreciate it. Massive love, guys. Honestly, if you guys haven't subbed to these people, look at yourselves in the mirror and question yourselves <laughs> what. No, I'm just joking. Head up, please subscribe to these guys. They're absolute superstars. Massive love to all of you. Thanks so much for having me again. Very nice. Thanks, mate. All the best. Thanks, Jack. Bye. Cheers. All right, he's in the back end now. So hopefully, um, I don't know if you need to do anything with regards to that, Joe, but um, should be fine, hopefully. Um, we'll go back to our duo layout. Uh, and we'll wrap things up, Liam, because it's been a mammoth episode, uh, as it's turned out, uh, chatting about strategies and everything else. So we need to go to bed. Um, so <laughs> let us finish off this episode by going through the, uh, I guess, the Supercoach Edge Cup group results after round 20. Yes. Our Supercoach Edge Cup public group leader is the carryover leader, and it is Adam with his team all too hard. So round score, 2625, very nice, and is in overall rank of 19th. So he slid back slightly from 14th, but uh, is very much in reaching distance of the top 10. Top scorer, Damon. Who was it? Mm, top scorer was... The Wilkie Bar Kid. And yeah, it's it's yes. good memory. Good memory. Because when I saw that as well, I was like, I remember us laughing crazily at the uh, at the name. name. Yep. So it's such a good name, uh, Taylor. Very, very good. Round score of 2,765 with a round Oof. rank of 121. So very nice there by you, Taylor. Very, very nice. Now moving on to the Patreon exclusive group. And I don't know why we do this. We should just record ourselves. T Prestitutes yeah. Inc. Everywhere. Jonas Goat. Yet again, is the leader, and he is proving to be the GOAT. Uh, round top scorer as well. Yes. Wow. The double. He's done the double. The double. He's done the double, triple. Uh, two, five, <laughs> six, eight. <laughs> Overall rank, the triple, double. Overall rank of three, one, seven. It is It is past my bedtime. <laughs> <laughs> past all of our bedtimes, I think. Um, but I am coming. I am coming, Prestitutes. I am coming. Um, uh, I am uh, 233 uh, behind, and I actually lost out 48 right. points in the weekend. So maybe you not. Got, maybe no, no, not. you just got to make how many? How many? What was it again? How many points behind? Uh, 233. All right, so he's going to make like 60 points. Yeah, we'll say 60 points. Yeah. Uh, but I'm coming either way. Um, but in terms of our Patreon exclusive Supercoach Edge Cash League, there was a fight. For the final two spots in the top six with Tankers, Carps Crushers, your mob, Church of Parish, and Popper Ball FC vying for a finals berth with the results looking a little bit like this, Liam. Gonna roll through them. Yes. Dylan with his team Popper Ball FC. He was defeated by Scott Arthur, team black on white, two four five nine to two four nine eight. So actually quite a close one there. Uh DJ Trade a lot. You defeated myself, 2520 to 2443. Tankers, Peter, he was defeated by Tun618, 2383 to 2516. And Wade Carps Crushers was defeated by Brett from the Sharpshooters, uh, 2516 to 2532. Another close one there. Absolutely. And uh, just looking at the final ladder, believe it or not, there were zero movements. So the final six was already locked in uh, last round. So 
um, as it turned out, just with the results. Of course, Liam, you needed to beat me. Um, Popper Ball needed to beat whoever he was playing, which was black on white, um, mm. to really make any movement. Um, and yeah, it was close. It was a close finish, but um, again, Liam, it's just disappointment because of the fact that uh, you were the fourth, fifth high scorer. And again, just the super coach guys, the league gods have gone against you in this case. Typical. Absolutely typical. Um, so making the finals, we have in first spot myself, DJ Trade a lot uh, on 16 wins. Sharpshooters finishing second uh, with 15 wins. Ton 618, Matthew's team finishing in third spot, a little ways behind with 10 wins. Uh, Black on white, Scott Arthur, fourth spot, nine wins. Tankers in fifth spot, Peter's team uh, with seven wins. And Carps Crushers in sixth spot, the last spot in the finals, Wade's team also on seven wins, but uh, comes in behind Pete on points scored overall. And then uh, in the last two spots, you've got Church of Parish, Liam, your team, uh, with six wins ahead of Popable FC, holding up the ladder. Dylan's team, uh, who is behind on points scored overall. And again, Liam, your points scored overall was 42747, which is the fourth off. Uh, yeah, fourth, fourth highest overall. Uh, so you, based on that alone, should have finished fourth. Um, yeah, just unfortunate. It's what it is. It is what it is. Um, means I'm flying the flag for both of us, Liam. I'm flying the flag for Supercoach. I'm behind you. I'm behind you. Get right behind me. Get around me. Um, see how we go. But uh, in terms of the first week of finals, probably should mention that as well. It looks a little bit like this. So as the uh, league is structured with only eight teams, it means that uh, the player finishing top, which is myself, goes straight through to the next round. Um, likewise, sharpshooters in second spot. Uh, and then we have uh, Tun 618, Matthew facing Carps Crushers in sixth spot uh, and Black on White in fourth spot facing off against the uh, fifth place Tankers, Peter's team. Um, so goes without saying, elimination. So must win, must win matches, uh, both of those. And they will both go through and uh, face off against each other, both of those winners. And then alongside myself, and sharpshooters who will be facing off in the first must-win game. Uh, sorry, it's a double chance. So uh, whoever wins out of us next week, one goes through straight through to the grand final. The other one goes through to the prelim final um, as the loser and faces off against the eventual winner out of those four teams that are playing this week. It's very complicated. Very complicated. That's, that's what happens when you have eight players in a league. But anyway, Liam, that brings us to the end of the show, Mammoth episode. But before we go, where can our listeners find us across our socials? Yes, uh, you can search Supercoach Edge and don't forget on on YouTube. Just just search Supercoach Edge wherever you are. Uh, that's where you'll find us. Uh, on YouTube, search Supercoach Edge and don't forget to like and subscribe. On Twitter, search at Supercoach underscore Edge, Damon at DemoJ88, myself at, at Liam Evans underscore 95, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Yeah, they haven't changed. Supercoach yep. Edge. Twitter is obviously X now. Just said X. Um, yeah. That's it. Don't. That's it. Only one X. Don't. Only no, one not X. three Xs. Not, don't make no. the mistake. It happens to the best of us at some stage or another. But as always, uh, if you love our content, as you can see there on screen, if you're watching us on YouTube, we are still in pursuit of the 1K subscriber milestone. We've ticked over 930 subs and have just four more weeks 
including this week, of course, to nab an extra 70 to reach the goal of 1K subscribers and activate our major giveaway to celebrate. Help us help you. And you're not going to find out. If you don't reach the 1K subscriber mark, you're not going to find out what it is. You'll have to just wait for next year and hopefully we can make it then if not. And if not, then you'll just never find out. Mm. Never, never find out. So, and it'll uh, be on you. Exactly. It'll be on you. <laughs> yeah, you. <laughs> but yeah, if you haven't subscribed, uh, make sure you give us some support. That would be absolutely fantastic and really do appreciate those people that have jumped behind us thus far. But that's it for another episode, Liam. Thanks, as always, for tuning in and all the best for the round ahead. And we'll see you same time, same place. We'll see you then. See you guys. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 